The Whiskey Throttle Show, now available on the Spot Network, an independent standalone streaming platform live now on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, Google Play, Android TV, most smart TVs, and all phones and tablets. Look for future live shows and specials only available on Spot Network. Download the app today on your favorite device. Coming to you from the Troy Lee Design Saloon in Corona, California, it's the Whiskey Throttle Show. Brought to you by Yamaha, the leaders in the power sports industry. Motocross bikes, street bikes, adventure bikes, generators, side-by-sides, quads, boats. Yamaha sets the standard. Yamaha revs your heart. Today's guest is presented by PowerDot, the world's smartest muscle recovery and performance tool. PowerDot takes proven electronic muscle stimulation technology and packs it into a sleek, lightweight, easy-to-use pod that is completely controlled from your smart device. Today's show brought to you in part by Method Race Wheels, the strongest, lightest, fastest wheels in off-road. Method dominates the off-road racing market, and they have wheels for your truck, spreader, SUV, Jeep, or van. Troy Lee Designs, built for the world's fastest racers. Troy Lee Designs blends elite level protection with a history of industry-leading style and performance. From motocross gear to custom paint to bicycle protection, Troy Lee Designs is waiting for you on the next level. This week on the Whiskey Throttle Show... Tommy Croft is a multi-time national motocross winner, a former factory rider for Honda and Kawasaki, and one of the pioneers of American motocross. And now, here is the host of the Whiskey Throttle Show, David Pingree. It's April 2021. Thanks for joining us here at the Whiskey Throttle Show. I'm your host, David Pingree. And a fun show lined up for today. We've got Tommy Croft, the Tomahawk, here in with us. Uh, so welcome to the show, Tommy. Stoked well, to have you. Well, thank you very much. Glad to be here. Yeah, we uh, I've had your name on a list for an awful long time of just uh, motocross legends and heroes, and uh, so stoked to have you in. And we got your buddy Donnie Hansen in here, co-hosting. Donnie, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks for uh, good, good seeing you, David. Thanks for riding shotgun with me today. It'll be fun. Yes, sir. And we need to get you in for your own show here one of these days. Uh, maybe this fall when you get back. You go to Colorado every summer, don't you? Uh, I go back and forth. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we'll get you in this fall. Yeah. Excited to hear that one, too. So, um, yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Tom, you were a two-time national winner, factory Honda guy, factory Cowie guy. Uh-huh. Um, you were back kind of the early stages of the sport. and Yeah, I, I signed with factory Honda in 75 when I was a senior in high school and um, started traveling all around the country when I was still in high school. And um, our team manager would came to a my school, my high school, and uh, he had a list of everywhere that I was going to be, and he came and talked to my counselor and said, uh, I had just signed a factory Honda contract, and these are the places I'm going to be. So I didn't have to go to school on Friday. I would fly out, and I'd be flying home on Monday. So I'd be at school Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because Honda wanted us to uh, graduate, Okay. me and Marty. Um, so... Anyways, I, me and Mario, would, I'd swing by, pick him up, and head to the airport on Friday morning, and we'd um, race the Nationals, Trans Ams, and Supercross. Yeah. Did I hear, uh, hear a rumor you guys used to run around in Porsches, 911? Yeah, both of us in, <laughs> uh, in high school, we, we had 911s, yeah. That's not a lot of high school seniors running around in those. No, no, we, <laughs> we were pretty fortunate, no doubt. Who was the team manager back then? Um, uh, Dennis Blanton was when I first started, and then um, 
And uh, so he was the team manager for a couple of years. And then Terry Mulligan was after him. And uh, I think he was all the way till probably 79, maybe 80. And uh, I believe that's when you signed. Gunner. And then, yeah. Oh, Lundstrom. Lundstrom was the team manager for a while. <coughs> he and had, then he Arnold would have come in after him. Right, right. Yeah. Well, now, now um, Dave Arnold was Marty Smith's mechanic, and Roy Turner was my mechanic. Okay. So we kind of had the same rig together, and uh, then Irstead and Pierre had their rig together. Because back then, we were only four guys on team. Yeah. Huh. Uh, well, we're going to start off with the Method Race Bills front end chatter. Just a couple little questions I want to ask both you folks. Um, Method's got the lightest, strongest, fastest wheels in off-road racing. If you guys are in the market for a set of wheels, whether it's for your truck, a Sprinter, uh, a UTV, uh, check those guys out. 20% off using our code Whiskey Throttle, and you, you actually use them. Uh, we'll get into more of your car racing stuff that you got into at the end of your career, but you still run Methods. and Yes, and, and Tenzer Tires, and they're one of our sponsors, and we had just won the Mint 400. Uh, last season in um, in the vintage class, single seat vintage, and uh, was second overall. So uh, we would have already raced in March, but with the COVID and everything, they yeah. there we, we'll be back at the mint in December. Awesome! Is that coming back for sure? Yeah, they've yeah, okay. they've got it all set and. And we got our schedules and stuff. Right. Yeah. So we're building our and, car and getting it all ready. And those wheels are. Uh, the the wheel to have in that industry, huh? They are the best, yeah. and the tires are too. They're strong, lightweight tire, and I ride a, uh, and I even run them on my razor. I have mm. a place out the out the river, and uh, I run methods on my razor and uh, tensor tires on that, and uh, they they're they're just wonderful. Yeah, tensor's the off road tire that Method makes as well. <clears throat> Very good stuff. Um, so I want to ask you guys both. You you were. You've both seen some pretty cool eras of the sport. Uh, Tommy, you were back in the 70s when it was really just starting to boom here. Donnie, you came along a, a little bit later, early 80s, late 70s, I suppose, huh? 80 was the 80? first year. Yeah, um, we're just talking, and Tommy's last year was 80. Yeah. That was, he, so he got out, I came in. Okay. And we didn't know each other. I, I Obviously, I knew of uh, Tommy, you know, through the 70s of his racing but uh it wasn't until later on when we met up and now now, now we can't leave each other's sight <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now you're like uh you got yeah. a bromance going oh yeah i, I like love him. it i like him <laughs> <laughs> he made you breakfast this morning yes. I think, that's great yeah um all right so of those eras you've seen 70s and 80s and, and we've watched obviously followed the sport all the way through then what's one thing that was better back then and worse than it is now. Well, back then, the the uh, the factory bikes were, were just incredible because Honda we rode open bikes and Honda didn't even make a open bike production bike. So oh, our it was bikes, just a works machine. Yeah, our bikes were totally handmade. All the Japanese bikes were, and um, so you know what an honor to to ride those bikes and in and uh, and what I loved about the air was. Uh, being some of the first guys to start beating up, beating the Europeans, mm. and uh, so we start softening them up a little bit for Donnie's guys to come 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 around. Yeah, yeah, and that was a big deal. I mean, they were we weren't expected to beat them ever. You know, back in the early '70s. No, not at all. And um, so when we start winning some motos in the Trans Am and and uh, starting to think that we could win, you know, and and we were winning. Um, it was just a whole change of of 
of of how the new guys were going to come up and they weren't so intimidated by them. I mean, when I always tell this one story when the first year that I rode it was '76 when I rode in the international class at the Carlsbad GP and I pulled up and just a couple years before that I was watching Adolf Wheel and now I'm sitting sitting right next to him on a starting line and I'm like looking at him and he pulls up has cigarette in his mouth no and, way oh yeah just has an open face helmet has cigarette and i look over and he just like looked at me like what are you looking at you know and i'm like <laughs> oh man you know so i just he's probably put a cigarette out on your helmet oh, get yeah. ready to warm oh, yeah. his bike up yeah they they weren't uh they they weren't playing no games and uh well in the 70s i mean by that point we knew cigarettes were not good for you right or was it? I don't think I know it, got it was culturally. I don't think it got to Europe. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but cigarette the cigarette companies were sponsors here in the in the U.S. Yeah, Camel, Camel cigarettes. Yeah, I mean for a long time. Yeah. yeah, I suppose you're right. I just can't imagine athletes. No, well, well athletes are <laughs> not supposed to, but the yeah. but the spectators are all drinking and smoking. Yeah, huh? That's funny. Uh, what about you? What's one thing you you liked about the older eras or or uh, about today? Well, you know, same thing as uh, what Tommy said. You know, the, the work spikes was um, were unreal. Uh, it's, uh, they were handmade, like Tommy said. Uh, and uh, uh, but the other thing is, uh, as we started beating them, beating the Europeans, the best in the world, the respect that we got. You know, when we uh, being a member of the first American uh, this nations team to go back to their their turf and beat them, it was unreal, the respect that we got from uh, the Europeans. Yeah, I, I've heard that from a few guys that have come on. <clears throat> I expected maybe there would be a little animosity. They would be not happy for us, but it's actually not true. I, I, from all the stories I've heard from guys that were there, they say, no, they came over and they were partying with us, and we had a great time. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, you know, the, the other thing that was, um, you know, I guess I want to say it wasn't so – um, as serious, you can you can walk through the pits. You can, you know, not be that big, or just like the pictures, the Tommy Croft pictures that we saw. You know, people are standing on top of the berms. Yeah. You know, as yeah. the racers are coming by in the in the photo. So, you know, no way you will see that yeah. these days. Yeah, as you know, I've said this before, but as we get bigger and <clears throat> and there gets to be more money in the sport, it's good. I mean, the riders it's deserve good. to make that money, but everything's it, more professional. Yeah. And and that's good and bad, right? Yeah. Kind of like you were talking. You used to be able, it just was a lot more loose. You could yeah. kind of have a, a good time and not worry about things. But now with social media and TV, everybody's so worried about appearance and, you know, liability. I mean, sure. that's become yep. a nightmare. Um, all right, another question. In terms of just technique and style, <clears throat> who's your favorite current rider to watch? Well, let's see. Um, well, I, I I like a lot of them. This, this is a good time to be watching uh, Supercross and and outdoors. Um, for some reason, I like that Anderson guy. You know, I always seem to. I just like his style, his aggression, and and his. You know, he never wants to stop. You know, yeah. so so I like him when 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 he's in <laughs> maybe third, and you see a guy coming up behind him, and and I go, okay, well. Anderson ain't letting the guy by. Anderson is going to fight for it. So I just like more of the guys that just have the no quit, you know. Scrappiness. And yeah, I, I just love that in yeah. the guy. 
you know. And that's kind of how you were uh, from just some different people, Bones and a few other guys I've talked to, Jim Hawley. Mm-hmm. I said, "How? What do you remember about Tommy?" And they said, "Oh, he was just a he was just a fighter. <laughs> like he was, you know, yeah. he was the first like badass on a five hundred, yeah. you know." So. Not smart enough to give up. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Donnie? You you teach and and preach technique and and skills and stuff. So who's a, who's a guy you watch and go? Other than your son, which he's like poetry in motion on a bike still, but right, right. Uh, you know, there's there's I respect all the riders out there. I mean, they uh, they work their butts off to get to where they're at. But you know the 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 Roxon, you know he uh, he's so smooth. And so precise, and and he gets those starts. He gets those starts, and uh, he checks out. So by the time Tomac gets to the pack, you know it's. Uh, but all those riders, you know the, you know they're. You know there there's, there's so many of them. They're just they're all, Anderson. Oh yeah, you know when, he, when he's on, when he's on, he's on. Oh yeah, you know what that you said about Ken and and Ken is really one of my favorite writers, and and uh, my wife's just for what he's overcome. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, you gotta love the guy. I mean, what a heart, you know. I mean, that would have put, I think, anyone out of, I, of the business. And and I mean, yeah. pretty amazing. You know what he's gone through with twice. his arms. Oh, twice. Yeah, just, just crazy I, stuff. I had a private lesson with a, a doctor <clears throat> that during Roxon's healing process, he said he's done. I, I'm, a, I'm an arm doctor, he said. He goes, he is done. There's, there's, he won't be able to come back from that. And he's proved yeah. not only him but the, the believers uh, that uh, he wasn't going to be able to come back that uh, – a lot he, of people wrote him off. Yet. Yeah, a lot of people wrote him off. I mean, yeah, you, he's, he's big heart. Yeah, big heart. Yeah, it's impressive what he's. You, you got to think there's a lot of fear in the back of his head that he's having to push down. You know, yeah. if I fall in this again, what? Oh, oh, yeah. Then I lose my arm. You know, but uh, man, I mean, <clears throat> back in the day, I could I could get hurt hurt a leg. And you could compromise, you know, right on one leg more. But if you ever hurt your hands or your arms, man, it is hard to ride a bike, yeah. you know. And I mean, and to think what he's gone through, yeah. you know, I mean, are your shoulders or something? Because you use so much of your upper body that uh, that that's, you know, and going through those whoops, man, I mean, geez. It's, yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. I, and I asked this question because, I, I, like you said, I think we are watching at a really neat time. Uh, in my opinion, Kenny, Cooper Webb, and Chase Sexton – are yeah. the three most flawless riders technically that yeah. maybe I've ever seen. You know, going back to like your era, I'd, I'd have to go back that far to the Baileys and Osho's. R- and R- Roger Coster and yeah. Martin Tripes. And, yeah. I mean, it's just really impressive to watch how smooth that they look. They make it look so easy. But, you know, um, after watching the Supercross, you know, and I, I like the Supercross a lot, but... I really love the outdoor because once you once they go on the outdoors, then you see the speed, mm-hmm. and and the and the track stays rough. You know they don't come and smooth it out or anything. And and um, I have to say I I do like to watch the outdoor uh, better. Better. It's uh, it's 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 impressive. You know I mean, I mean sure they only run thirty minutes and people make a big deal out of that. Cause we used to run forty five minutes, but. Um, the, the, I, I would do doing an interview and people would say, well, is it better to have 30 minute motos or, or, you know, the real men rode 45 minute motos. And I said, yeah, but I, 
to be honest, I think that you lose the spectators. You lose the crowd. I mean, it, it's so long of a moto that, and it's so hot out there that you kind of start losing it and, mm -hmm. and the race kind of spreads out. I think 30 minutes, the race stays tighter and the guys are, are dicing more to the end, you know? A little that, more intensity exactly. all the way through. Yeah, of course, because, I mean, heck, you know, that extra 15 minutes, you go into a whole nother part, you know, yeah. of survival. <laughs> yeah, the race is over with after 35 minutes. That now we just got to watch them now, go over now the finish line. Yeah. yeah, now you're logging some laps to to, to save your position and, and different things. They're, they're the, dicing and right And the spectators the are getting thirsty. They want to go to the oh, beer line. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> they're missing the end anyway because they're in line <laughs> for a beer. All right. Well, that's uh, that's interesting stuff. I want to remind people to get over to the Whiskey Throttle Show. WhiskeyThrottleShow.com. Uh, you can buy all of our merchandise over there. We've got all our old shows. We'll post all of the photos from our guests on there. Uh, so check them out. And uh, thanks to Temecula T-shirt printers for putting our merch together. And let's get to our uh, let's get to our feature story here. Brought to you by PowerDot. Tell us where you grew up. San Diego. Uh, been from San Diego my whole life, and uh, actually still in the same place. When I bought my house right out of high school, and my parents just lived a mile down the road. Oh, you're still in the same house. Yeah, right? and, and was gonna move move a few times and and had my kids and stuff, but they just everyone just loves it there. So, uh, um, we, what, we're what still part in, of San Diego? Are right you? above the stadium, which used to be the stadium, Qualcomm oh, okay. Stadium. Yeah. yeah, so just a mile up the road. So you know, I didn't really didn't race any Supercross there, but I raced a lot of Mickey Thompson off road racing there. Mm -hmm. So I did get to race in the stadium. Are they um, tearing it down? I went oh, by yeah, there. Oh yeah, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah, yeah, the, I saw parts coming down. Yeah, so it's gone. And uh, but I did race um, Supercross in Anaheim and the in the Coliseum a mm. lot. So, um, but just never at home. But so it was it was good being able to race down there. Yeah, for for you know being in the hometown. Um, and it was a man back in that time frame. That was a different place, huh? I mean, oh yeah, in the seventies in that area. What was it like? Um, well, you know, it's just a. I just love the area. It's called Sierra Mesa, and um, you know to go to to grammar school there and, and junior high and high school, um, it's a it, it's just a nice place to to live. You know, nice family yeah. place, and and uh, it's good. So um, weather's good. Weather's okay. Yeah, weather's always good. <laughs> That's the nice part about that. How'd you get introduced to dirt bikes? Did your folks? Did your dad ride? Or well, yeah, we. Um, we always rode in, in, in the neighborhood, a bunch of people, all the guys rode dirt bikes out in the canyons, you know, and, and um, we got our first bike was a Super Rat, and um, my dad was in construction, so we, um, it was actually from, from Bike Center. Okay. And really? They were around back then? It was a lawnmower shop on <laughs> okay. Linda Vista Road, about five miles from our house. People don't know that, it, and... Uh, and that's where we got our first bike. It was a lawnmower shop, and, and they sold Hodakas. Huh. And uh, then they moved over and got a little bigger. And, uh, was one, you know, they sponsored me and, and helped, helped us uh, keep going. But um, my dad was really involved in, in the racing. And what we would do is, um, to keep our racing going, um, we, my dad would take us up to Carlsbad on Saturday before the race on Sunday, and, and uh, we'd pick up trash and string fences and um, and just work around there. Um, and uh, Stu and Calvin would give us free entry fees. Okay. And then my dad was the flagman, so they paid him to to flag all day, and uh, that's how we kept the bikes going and kept our racing going. 
And um, you say bikes? Did you have a brother? No, no, oh, just just my just bike. your stuff. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, huh? Yeah. Well, and you know, it's interesting. Like uh, Tony Alessi used to do a lot of that same thing. Oh, um, really? I didn't know that. He'd go out to Paris and he'd announce, and yeah, they'd hang banners. They'd do whatever it took. Oh yeah, to yeah. get free entries and yeah. and. Um, you know, it was just the way we did it. We didn't think there was anything different. But but uh, funny story is we... Hung... So uh, you were you in the pit by yourself? Your dad's out flagging. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just running your yeah. own program. Yeah, he would come, you know, as soon as the race would start. So he could come down and, and check on me and stuff. And and uh, then he'd go back up, you know. I mean, we didn't we weren't babied back then. Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyways, we were there and we strang the... Uh, with the snow fence, we strang the... Um, the uh, what what's the 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 um the one uh, the little uh, the ledge we we strang the ledge and all it was was bushes but Calvin and Stu came from Europe and when we were doing it my dad goes well we're gonna knock these bushes down and stuff and and Calvin goes no this is how we do it in Europe they'll they'll be knocked down after practice and uh, so I let the big bikes go before I even try to tempt that on my bike <laughs> on my on my super rat. And they were just mowing through the bushes. Oh huh? yeah, just mowed right through the bushes, and and uh, we that was the ledge, you know. And and uh, to have had a lot of pictures from the GP and through my career, actually, um, the first uh, cover shot I was on was dirt bike and um, crossed up over the ledge, um, my first year with Honda. And to think that I was the first one to string it, you know, we were hanging on the thing, pounding in the stakes, yeah. and uh, so, you know, just. Uh, a lot of lot of history there. Yeah, yeah. Of did course. You, did you race uh, Unadel? Yeah. In, in the grass, when the tracks were. Yeah, I mean, my first year was '94. Yeah. So when I go back and watch like GPS from the '80s, it's definitely a different place. You know, the the dirt has continues to wash away <laughs> there. Exactly. But, well, the first year I rode for Mitch '95, uh, they still left it grass, and so I I went to the start gate like 45 minutes early so I could be the first one out. Yeah, ride, ride a, a lap in the grass. But, you know, it, the track was left from last year. The track yeah. was not, it was all no, rough. That's was, what I was getting, I was getting ready to tell you. I thought it would be all bitching. I did the same thing first year I was at Unidale, and I thought, oh, I'm going to roost up that grass. It was all whoops underneath <laughs> there. You couldn't see them, man. I just started tank swapping. You know, it wasn't, you know, you thought it would be like a golf course, you know, yeah. but it wasn't. It was left, like Donnie says, they didn't touch it from the year before. Well, they stopped doing that. Because so what he was trying to do then is when the races were over, he'd take a, a dozer and kind of cap it, like smooth it all out so that the dirt would compact a little bit and not wash away. But then the grass would grow over the, you know, over the course of the year. Oh, yeah. Springtime. Yeah. But yeah, watching like the old 80s, 70s GPs where the old mechanic, that hill where the old mechanics area was. Yeah. I mean, there was bumps waist high. Oh, know? yeah. It, yeah. It was rough. It was gnarly. It was gnarly. Yeah. It was definitely a different place. Um so what was your, your first bike was a super rat. Yeah. Okay. And, um, so, you know, then I, I, uh, moved up to intermediate and then, uh, got American Eagle and, uh, liked that bike a lot. And, um, it didn't take long. You didn't, you didn't have to win that many races to get moved up. And, uh, so then I, I got moved up to expert and, and H then how we old had, were you? No, gosh. Um, did you Probably have like 14. Okay, so you didn't have 15. to be 16. You no, could, no, no, okay. yeah. And um, So is that local or is that That's just AMA? local. Yeah. Uh, CMC, always yeah. CMC. Because I never left CMC because then um, when I got the ride with Calvin Franks, you know, and that's only Carlsbad Saddleback. 
So um, I had never even been on an airplane until I signed with Factory Honda. Was Is that my, right? Yeah, it was the first time I ever went back, and we went to Texas. And being from Southern California, I, I'd heard about humidity, but I didn't <laughs> know really what humidity was. <laughs> and, and uh, heck, I barely got through the, through getting my gear on, man. It was, uh, that's an eye-opener. It's brutal. You, you got the to first start time. training. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it hits you. I think that more than heat, more than a rough track, like that humidity... Oh, at least if when you're from here and it's dry, that humidity oh, yeah. it'll ruin you. Yeah, you're not ready for it. So, um, you started racing then pretty young. Oh yeah, well, n not not con not compared to the today's standards. I mean, by I started in seventh grade. It was okay. I was, so I you were 13. eleven. That's pretty young. Yeah, thirteen. 12, you know, okay. yeah, twelve, thirteen years <clears> old. <throat> And that was in seventh grade, and uh, and by twelfth grade, I I was riding for Honda. And then, were you buddies with Marty? Did you guys know each other then? Yeah, because we came up through the. I was a little bit before him, so I was more uh, probably intermediate and got into the expert. You know, I was winning races in the expert, and then he came along right after. Okay, and, uh, didn't take him long to to catch up at all. But but we'd. Uh, um, our families and we had we'd met we both from San Diego so after the races we'd get together go to Farrell's and you yeah. know and hang out and stuff and go practice together and so uh yeah I knew Marty from um from the from the early age yeah were you guys neighbors or something did I hear that um not well San Diego's not that big but you know he, he probably lived about 15 minutes okay 20 minutes did you go so. to the same schools and that no kind of he went to uh, Point Loma and I went to Kearney Okay. High, which are yeah. just two two high schools yeah. there. Yeah. But you guys were really good friends. Oh yeah. All the way yeah. through your career. Yeah, your we career. hung out a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> um, who else were you guys racing with? Oh gosh. Okay. Who were the guys locally? Well, back then it was uh, Jim Beecham and Billy Urban, but then there was Chuck Bauer. Um, hey, I saw Rick State. I saw Billy uh, yesterday at the our grandkids' uh, baseball game. Oh really? He's in town. He lives. Uh, no, uh, what did I say? Chaplin. Oh, Gary. Oh, oh, Gary Chaplin. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, so anyway, so um, um, let's see. Rex, Rex, and and Gayla Mosier. And one thing about the CMC, um, if you're you were doing good winning back then in the early '70s in CMC, you you were doing something, you know. And and, and like I said, I never traveled anywhere and got my factory ride just by racing Carlsbad and Saddleback, mm -hmm. winning races there. And um, so that just has a lot to say about uh, CMC. CMC was huge, you know. Yeah, back even in my huge. day, it was uh, like a, a regular national. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, it was it was big, you know. And they did the Golden State Series, yeah. and and I mean they they uh, yeah. If you were winning those races, you were you were you were pretty much a factory rider. That's a that's a warm up uh, national per se. Uh, getting ready, testing the new bikes, the new works bikes, getting ready for oh, the, yeah. uh, the start yeah. of the season. Well, I always thought it was crazy because, you know, even as I, when I came up as an amateur, we were still coming over from Arizona to do those, Transcal and the Golden State and all those events. And they were still pretty big. I don't think quite as big as is when it, it's heyday. It was kind of the 80s, the I 80s. think. But there was guys who would race a Supercross at Anaheim on Saturday night. Oh, yeah. And then Sunday they were racing the Golden State, wherever yeah. it was. We'd, yeah. We'd, I always we'd, just, that seemed odd to me. Well, but. you know, they, they, they were always... <clears throat> factory riders because back then so many people were from southern california and yeah. that's where we'd already so whenever we had a free weekend off from um going to the nationals or trans ams or or supercross or something i'd always go to local races mostly because my dad stayed flagging he had so many friends by then 
that he just stayed flagging. So I'd, you know, I'd get home and I'd swing by, pick him up and, and go to the races and see everybody. So I stayed in, in contact with everybody in the local. Marty wouldn't come. He says, I'm not going to a local race. I, we've been hammering these races. He goes, he goes, I'm not going to, to the local races. So he didn't go as much as I did, but um, I went just because of my dad and, and uh, just to see everybody say yeah. hi. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Those are fun times for oh, you, yeah. I'm sure, you know. Um, so who were the guys, when you were racing, who were the guys you looked up to? Was it the European riders? Was there riders here? Yeah, mostly, you know, of course, the, the guys you hear about, Adolf Will, Sylvan Gabors, and Roger, and and Garrett, and um, Adolf, and all those guys. But, um, you know, of course, Brad Lackey, and, um, you know, and, and Jim Weiner, and all the guys... And when I signed with, with Honda to be on the same team with um, Pierre Carsmakers, Marty, we were such good friends that, you know, he, he was, his status was high, but, but it wasn't as much, you know, because we were buddies. But Rich Irestead, and I'd known him because we were racing, you know, I raced against him on my Mako and, and um, in some CMC races. So I kind of knew a lot of the guys. And, um, but, uh, I didn't really get to venture off too much and, and see too many uh, races yeah. other than what I was doing. What was your first experience racing against, uh, like, you know, the DeCosters or Wheels? You told me that. Was it at the USGP at Carlsberg? Yeah, USGP. Yeah. And then, um, and then of course, then when we um, went on the Trans Am, I, my first year in 75, I stayed in the support class and, and had good success. And then, um, and then I moved over to the 500s, and in 76, I led all the Americans in moto wins against the Europeans. Mm. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of Americans, you know, from Pomeroy and Brad yeah. and Marty and Weiner and Tony and, and all the guys. So, uh, so that was, that was, a, that was a, a good year for me. I wasn't expected to do it, and it, and it just happened. I trained real hard. And, that was and when it came. Then. Yeah, and when it came, it... I was ready for it, you know, and my bikes were real good, real fast. Yeah. And um, so, you know, when you, you, you know, just train hard and be ready for your opportunities. What was the one thing about what, any one of those guys? Was there something that stands out that you remembered about kind of the first time racing with them? Something they did or the way they well, rode? Or? Um, what, what, what I really liked about them was uh, their honesty and, and, and they were real clean riders. Mm. You know, they weren't real, they weren't. Uh, dirty riders mm -hmm. they wouldn't take out you know or and you know they you know especially me being young at that age um when i'd be i passed roger at um unadella and won that moto and uh that evening he just come right over to me and told me man good ride tommy you know and, is that right oh yeah and uh and same thing in, in um Puyallup, washington in the trans m and he came up and got around everybody and and they're just real gracious, you know. And like Donnie said, they, you know, when he, when they won the um, motocross trophy donations over there, and I was there in '78, motocross trophy donations, and we finished fourth with Brad on the team and and Hannah and stuff, and in and that was real respectable, mm -hmm. you know, for for us to finish sure. in in '70 in '77 uh, to to finish. Uh, fourth overall at the motocross trophy donations it was uh and that was a lot of fun that's really about my only time i was over in europe i didn't go over there much where but, was that one um in belgium and germany okay. stuttgart 
in, Stuttgart, Germany? Yeah, okay. yeah, and then in, in Belgium, we rode the other one. Was so, it a, a sand track in Belgium? Yeah, and so one was the 500 was one one weekend, and then we rode the 250s mm-hmm. the other. I don't think they do that anymore, right? You just mm-hmm. run the one. One weekend. Yeah, yeah one weekend. Three and, different classes. Right, and so um, that's how it was. You rode the, the 250s one weekend and then the open bikes. Yeah, the, the world rode the same 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 size bikes, 250s. The first weekend in one country, then we fly to another country and ride the ride the five hundred. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, the trophy donations was five hundred, right? Yeah, and and motocross the, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, I I kind of like that format actually. Yeah, so it kind of it changed. It. I, I knew it had had it was yeah. different. I just think it's logistically tough to keep everyone over there for two weekends and. Oh yeah, well you know what we used to do well well because uh, Brad was over there. So it was easy for my bikes to be there because I used uh, one of Brad's bikes because oh, right. he was racing the GPs and we were on Honda together. And um, but they sold T-shirts and stuff to raise money and and yeah. they raised money themselves. Of course, Honda helped put us through there, but um, and and of course Hannah and everybody already had had such good backing. But um, the the spectators had a lot to do with putting us over there. Was that right? Just yeah. selling merchandise. Yeah, selling and merchandise yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, hmm. um, so how did you and Marty meet? Just at the track? Yeah, we uh, like I said, we were we were young and and probably fourteen, fifteen years old, and um, and just racing each other. And and uh, his mom and my mom and and. Uh, would always talk and we'd park next to each other and and uh, we'd always do lunches together it was was nancy there no nancy wasn't there then (laughs) took a while for nancy to come around but um anyway so we we it was more like a family outing and and racing and and uh just having fun you know it wasn't uh uh, Marty never thought he was going you never really thought where it was going other than the end of the day you know so you never wasn't like now the people Donnie trains and stuff they they actually are coming to train to to be professional racers you know we didn't do that back in the day well it it didn't really exist too much yeah it didn't you, you wouldn't know. thinking that's what you're going to do to make your living you know yeah you're and, just loving racing bikes yeah you, yeah just at, love on that day yeah yeah and um you know for it to turn out to to make your living at it and uh you know what what better job could you have yeah a young kid well when 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 we had Marty on the show, uh, that kind of shined through. Anyone from that era, you're like, well, we didn't. I loved racing, and I, I just liked going to the races on the weekend. But like, I never thought it would turn into a career. I, yeah, people weren't making a living doing that. No one expects that. You're and just I, going out there to have fun and and uh, try to win a trophy. And yeah. that's so pure. I I miss that. I, I I don't like it when you see these young kids whose parents they're determined to make little Johnny. Pro they, racers, they got like, million dollar motorhomes, and they're they're six years old going to the nationals. Oh yeah, know? and they've got a they've got a rig that that's incredible. We would, we would, my dad would come home and we would unload all his work tools and then load the bikes, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, have to ride in the back of the truck to the races. And then when we get home, we'd unload everything for for dad to go to work on Monday. Yeah, I'd go. Uh, yeah, these little guys are. which is all good i mean if you got the money you're gonna do it you know we just didn't have the money (laughs) well there's nothing inherently wrong with it if you're going out with the right intentions of sure we're gonna hey let's have fun as a family and if he does great he does great if not we've spent the weekend as a family that's great but you know they push him harder yeah they ain't it ain't like that it's they're they're on them yeah you know and and, then that's and that's tough you know because i think they're missing the fun 
Totally. Yeah, missing the fun, and they're going to get burnout yeah. Yeah, before they become anything. You see that a lot, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I get hurt. <laughs> a lot of them get hurt. I mean, heck, they're jumping yeah. these little minis. I mean, I geez. It's wild. It, yeah. <clears throat> um, well, how would you describe the kind of Marty as a kid? Was he the same way he was as an adult? Yeah, pretty much. He... Uh, what I always what stands out the most to me was the, his love for ice cream all the time. <laughs> no matter where we were, we were going out getting ice cream. You know, we'd be somewhere in a hotel. Go, all right, all right, Tommy, let's go. We got. It. I said, well, well, where are we? We don't even know where there's. Like, we'll find ice cream. You know, it didn't matter. <laughs> you know, we'd be out looking for ice cream. You know, and uh, he. Uh, but uh, what what we had a real good time always doing was also camping together. Oh yeah, going out to the desert with our families and uh, riding and dune buggies and stuff. Yeah. So we did a lot of that together also. Yeah, he's a uh, he was a great guy, man. I I, yeah. I didn't know him too well until we had him on here. And no, no, I, he's, I was he's sincere. I was bummed that I didn't get to know him sooner. You know, oh, yeah. I thought, man, this is a great guy. Yeah, yeah. Now you yeah. know they're having his. Um, his and Nancy's um, um, uh, funerals coming up at the end of the month. Um, so celebration of life. Yeah, their celebration yeah. of life is coming up, and it's been a year. And now uh, uh, Julian and and Brooke and Tyler, they're going to be able to put something together. So we're going to do that for them at the end of the month. Oh, okay. On the twenty. Is that going to be open to? Yeah, they the the, okay. the the celebration of life is open to the public, and I think where we're going to go after. Uh, the casino up there had donated a room for after, and I think that's going to be toned down because um, I don't really think they know who's coming. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. he has a lot of fans around the country. I think some or people, around the world. Yeah, around yeah. the world. Yeah, of course. And um, so we're we're looking to put that behind us and and be able to do that. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, and I know that's why I have so many questions about Marty. I know you guys oh, were very close. Yeah, so that's why I ask. Oh uh, yeah, everybody's. That's, uh, Obviously, what, such a devastating accident. Uh, who were some of your first sponsors? Was it Fun Bike Center? Well, Fun they... Bike Center helped helped <clears throat> us at the very beginning. But then when it started getting um, good, I rode for um, – then then um, Hodaka Factory pick, picked me up. Oh, really? They were sponsoring? Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. And, uh, well, they weren't sponsoring a bunch. But um, uh, my first um, race I went to was um, the World Cup in Ohio. So I guess I did, but I drove back there. We went up to Athena, Oregon, where Hodaka is, and we tested all week, and then we drove the vans down to Ohio, the the um, the World Cup down okay. there. And and um, so really, so I did, did get around a little bit there, but heck, I hardly remembered, other than it was just a long drive. Um, heck, I, I think I was 16. And then, and then I rode for Factory Harley. Jim Beecham had the ride, and then he he um, quit for one reason or another, and then I got the ride, and um, they paid me um, fifty uh, twenty five dollars to show up at the gate, okay. and then fifty dollars to win, and you got to keep your purse. So you know, in eleventh grade, you know, you come come home with a couple hundred bucks in your pocket. Yeah, you're, you're that's big. oh, oh yeah, yeah that's you're doing big. it every weekend. It's 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 uh, yeah, you're living. How you're was living that hard. bike? That Harley any good? Yeah, it was good. I mean. Um, uh, with what, the fork, with the forks on the back? No, 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 no. <laughs> no. It was that little 125, you know. And okay. and what the main thing, because I was still riding my Mako, 
And uh, that thing shifted on the right, and you know, my Mako shifted oh. on the left. So to ride the oh, ride those bikes at the same same day, weekend, yeah, same same day <laughs> was uh, was pretty tricky. You know, you got you're coming down the downhill, and you go, okay, where's the brake? You know, and oh, you're no. feeling, yeah, you're feeling the pedals. You know, and um, so I I so I rode them for a while, and and um, and it, it was good. I went won a lot of races on the thing, and then. And then uh, Calvin Franks picked me up. Okay. And uh, then then that was a real good ride. That was real good. Um, and he was bike. just hand making his own stuff. Right? Yeah, That's he made his own his own chassis. Um, and uh, and and one of the one twenty five, he had the shocks up underneath the seat there, and Beta forks and uh, use um, Hondas for the one twenty five and Suzuki's for the two fifty and open bike for the engines. Yeah, for the engines and. Um, <clears throat> Like what we were talking about in CMC, you know, they had these big races, $1,500 purse races. And um, it was a weekend that, that all the factories were there testing their bikes. And, I mean, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Honda, and, and, and Yamaha. And uh, Marty had just come out because Marty was on the circuit a year before me. And so he, so me and him went at it in the 250 class and uh you know, all the guys were there, and I won the moto, and Marty got second. I mean, he went an inch off my back wheel the whole the whole time at Saddleback. And second moto, I didn't, I don't know how I did, but I think I was third overall. And um, when I got home from school that that Monday, um, uh, Yamaha, Suzuki, and Honda had called. My mom goes, "Hey, look at these phone calls you got. They want to talk to you." And um, that's why when I tell people, I go, you know, don't get upset when the factory guys show up at your home track. I said, that's your day to shine. Mm -hmm. I go, don't back down. I go, um, I picked up a ride just that way. I got, I got on Honda that way. I go, you know, that's your local track, you know, you know, impress them. Yeah. Go for it, man. And, you know, see where, it, see where it takes you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's how I got my ride. So I went and seen Yamaha first. And then when I was on my way home, or got home, Marty called me. He goes, well, you didn't sign with Yamaha, did you? And I said, no. I go, but if I do, they told me I had to cut my hair. <laughs> you know, I had to oh, cut yeah. my ponytail off. So he goes, well, Honda wants to see you. He goes, he goes sign with Honda. And, you know, we'll be able to go, to go, you know, and travel together and all this. So I... Um, Put my hair in a ponytail. My mom hacked it off, and I went and seen Honda. She cut your hair off? Oh, yeah. I just cut it right off, and then I went and seen Honda. And um, I don't know, really, if Yamaha had a better deal or not, but I just wanted to ride for Honda, you yeah. know. And, and obviously, it, it, it worked out real well. And, uh, you know, be, be on team with my buddy. And, and, and it made it, he'd been traveling the year before, so it made it a lot easier at the airports. And He knew what to yeah, do. Yeah, it was, just, yeah. It made a lot instead of just being by myself. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, you back then you just got thrown into a lot of situations where you you just had to swim. <laughs> You're yeah. going under. Well, and I, you know, I don't know how it is for the young kids now, but even even in the '90s, like I had never rented a car. You know, they just okay. Here's right. your flight. See you at yeah, the race. Yeah, well, how like, do well, I get there? Yeah, they, you're scared have... to death. <laughs> yeah. You're scared. Of, I know because I did travel <laughs> quite a few times myself, especially when uh, the, the in '76 when Marty. Uh, that's when he was going back and forth to Europe and stuff. So, uh, you know, and so I was by myself. And like you said, you get to the airport, you get a rent a car, and you didn't have no GPS no. on your phone or nothing. You, you had this little 
pretend map paper, that they a paper would get, map. Yeah, and they would the girl would mark it out. And go, where's the freeway start over here? She's like, oh my god, you're just just so nervous and scared, you know. And somehow you found your way, huh? That's funny. Um, all right, so tell me about these. You guys had to have had some high school parties. Well, you know when when I mean uh, P- Pacific Beach right there. Yeah, you um, know you guys are driving Porsches around. Yeah, it it was. Um, well, we were so busy, you know. We 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 really didn't have a lot of time, you know. I mean, they kept us racing all the time. Yeah, and because uh, back then, you actually rode the five hundreds and you rode the two fifty nationals, you know, and the Supercross, and they didn't do like now. You raced your whole series. Like the supercrosses were mixed in with yeah. the nationals, and then, yeah. and then if you weren't doing anything, you'd go to Canada for a GP, or you know you would, um, you know you were hitting all kinds of different races, you know. So so you raced a lot more than than really what what people think because, um, you know, if there was open weekend, they, you know you they just raced. You. Yeah, you they just sent you. And um, but early in the time, uh, I think in more of up at Saddleback there with. Um, uh, there was a guy named Durhammer, and and um, there was a lot of those guys up there that had these big houses right outside of Saddleback. And we get done, and we'd go down there, and and McDougal he had a couple really good parties at his his place too. Yeah. So yeah, we uh, we had some fun in there. Bruce Bruce McDougal. Yeah. Yeah. I swear I've heard more about this guy. Oh, he's a good guy. Uh, everybody that's come on from that era talks about this guy. Yeah. But I've never met him. He's not. You know, he didn't never really do anything at the national level. Yeah, he, he but did. he was a really fast. Oh yeah, local, local guy. guy. Yeah. Well, you know what? I I I tell people there there's a lot like Billy Urban and 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 Jim Beecham and there was a lot of guys that were super fast. You know that just for one reason or another just didn't make it over into yeah. the nationals. And I mean, you know, that's been that way forever. But um, guys that I had looked up to, they just just for one reason or another, just didn't make it out. Yeah. It still happens. I mean, there's oh oh well, can't well, miss kids hurt. coming out yeah. of Loretta's that oh never, I know exactly they don't get through their first yeah, year. You get hurt or you know the funding's <laughs> not there. You know there's a million there's, reasons. There's, not there's to. only so many rides per team, and they miss it by one. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's it. it. Yeah, and then you just you know fall the wayside if you don't keep it going. Our, t- our sport's pretty tough that oh, way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you look at stick and ball sports, there's a lot of spots. Even if you're just on oh, the yeah. bench, you know, you're still making a decent salary and having an opportunity. But but that's why to for a parent to push a, a young kid so hard. I mean, there's there's a lot of them that, that do make it. But like Donnie says, there's, there's you know, and he's so involved in motocross still at that level now with, with his uh, teaching classes. Well, the, these pa- these parents, you know, they, they got so much money into this racing, they expect so much out of the out of the rider, out of the kid, you know. And uh, it's it's tough, you know. It's tough. You got to, you know, tr- be a parent and be a a coach. Both, you know. Yeah. What what do you what would you say for every one kid that makes it? There's a hundred that don't, oh, or a thousand. What would you say? Thousands. Yeah, so many. There's so many. Um, yeah, I, 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 I couldn't tell you. Yeah, it's you, a lot. You know um, what you were, what you talked about earlier is well, my dad was a flagman, and I was down there doing my own uh, wrenching and filling my bike up and cleaning it. I'd uh, had a bad race on my Mako, and and so my dad came down there in between, and he, and I was just sitting there pouting about it. And uh, he came down and he said, uh, 
so how's it going? I I started complaining and everything. And he goes and complaining about everything. And then he goes, well, you know, he goes, only th- complaining's good. He goes, the only thing about it is you can't get anyone to stick around and listen to it for very long. He goes, well, I, I'm, I'm leaving. And my bike was all dirty. And so I showed up to the next, like, so I got off my butt and cleaned up my bike and got it fueled up and, and had a real good second moto. So on the way home, it was a lot better ride. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's how he was. He just goes, oh, I'd like to stick around. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to listen to this. Yeah, yeah. He goes, I, got, I know I got something better to do. <laughs> oh, man. I missed men of that generation oh yeah they just, oh yeah just just okay i gotta go <laughs> yeah that's awesome did you have a pretty good relationship with your father oh like, yeah 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 extremely and yeah. when you made that transition to factory honda did he still come to the races or was he more oh, just sort of oh yeah no he he supported all all the way they came yeah. to as many as they could they would go as far as when we raced uh, phoenix in the trans am and of course the carlsbad gp and saddleback trans am and um Coliseum in Anaheim, you know, anything locally. And um, later on in my, in, when I was racing cars, I was racing in Montreal. It's a big, big race for off-road cars. And I flew him back there to uh, to watch. But he's always been, was always real yeah. uh, involved. Oh, that's awesome. He loved it. So let's, t- let's talk about your first, uh, your first national ever. Was it 75? Yes. And you were, had signed with Factory Honda? Yeah. Okay. So take us through that first race. What, what? Well, it what did, do you remember it, from it? Well, like I was saying about that humidity, it didn't go too uh-huh. good for me. <laughs> um, so I, I, the, the, I was so excited, and the, the door of the plane opened up, and this thing just hits me, and I'm like, holy, what is this? And, uh, and I'm not a real big sweater, but man, I was sweating, <laughs> just getting my boots on, coming out of the trailer. And uh, and then 45-minute motos, I thought I was in shape for it because I always rode two classes in in, in Southern California. And uh, I did a big crash and trying to get through the first moto towards the end of it and uh, got the wind knocked out of me. And there was a picture I always remember that someone took of me laying just flat out on the track, you know. <laughs> I'm just going. So I got home and and started training, you know, and... and uh, it's uh, you're in the battles, no doubt. You better be ready. Yeah, you that, gotta get ready. Gotta do your homework. You were learning on, while you were racing. You were learning on the way. That, oh yeah, that these guys, yeah, are no joke. These yeah, Europeans. yeah, and um, and and you know I um it, when you, then then I started doing good and started breaking in in having some good motos and and there was a lot of guys like Jimmy Ellis and a lot of them I didn't really know about. And and all of a sudden you're you're 35 minutes in this motor and you're just going you go man, who is this guy man? Like you can't shake him you know. And there were so many other good riders around the country that I really wasn't aware of you mm-hmm. know, and uh, got to know everybody and uh, but it uh, yeah yeah you just and you then just he became be, your teammate. Yeah, then he did and uh, well, um, with the first two years it was just um, Marty and um, Rich Irestead and Pierre and myself. And then in um, 77, Jim Pomeroy and Brad Lackey came on. And that, that was a lot of fun. They, they, were, they called us the dream team. And there were so many times that we were first, first second, third, fourth, you know. Um, oh, really? Oh, yeah, and a lot of nationals because our bikes were just so good. Yeah. So, so we led a lot of races. When did Els come on? <clears throat> um, in the following year, in 78. 
We had a big, big team that year. They started getting real big. Mm. Yeah. So to your point, when you're talking about going back east or wherever, and you use riders you don't know, that that would never happen anymore, right? Because with social media and everything, you know. Oh, oh, yeah. You know everybody. Exactly. I mean. That was unique for the time where. Yeah. There's yeah. a fast guy from Florida, but you don't even know about him. No, you don't even know yeah. who 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 they are, you know. And and uh, and you're thinking you're pretty fast, and this guy is giving you yeah. giving you more than you you even want. The, you lo- the locals on their track are hard to beat. Yeah. yeah. Well, well yeah. Southwick, I I don't know how it was back then, but mm-hmm. JoJo. In, well, any you would show up, and there would be three or four guys. You're like, I've never heard of this kid, and he's and he's fast whooping you. Yeah, he's fast. Yeah. That's, That's you know the sand. I, I imagine you guys had some tracks like that where there oh, were yeah. some sand specialist guys who would come. Well, out you know, um, Southwick is gnarly. Yeah. yeah. Well, so St. Petersburg. Yeah. St. Pete. Yeah. Then the Florida stuff. Yeah. But every time I I had some good race, I won my first national down there in Florida. But um, whenever and I I just didn't care for it. You know, first time I remember going down there. The track was steamrolled. Mm-hmm. It was all flat. And I look at Mario. I go, man. TT race. Oh, we're going to just, what is this? You know? And Mario goes, don't even think about that. He goes, you're not even going to see the rider in front of you <laughs> by the end of this. He goes, it's crazy. So every time whenever we were getting ready to go to sand track, we'd go down a place called Sand Pits. And okay. Santee, if you're familiar with it, you may be. Well, that's where Marty Tripes trained. Mm-hmm. And it is all sand. And so you could go down there. And we were pretty fortunate to be able to have a place where we could practice on the sand. And it was all, all whooped out and stuff. So, you know, the, 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 I don't know if the, if I could ever say that was fun racing in those sand tracks. I don't I don't know. It's a lot of work. <laughs> I know. It's a lot of work. Yeah, that's, that's the deep sand that got whooped out. Oh, even in the turns. Just oh, yeah. through the turns everywhere. No 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 mercy anywhere. The the worst part to me was after I'd have sand down your oh, pants, oh, oh, so oh, your yeah. butt's just raw, yeah. it's in your eyes, your eyes hurt. Yeah, yeah, Every yeah, your back, yeah. man, you can't even bend over. Yeah. Your back. It, it's, oh, in, so it's in places you didn't even know you had. <laughs> yeah, over the years the the uh the sand got washed away and it came down to the the hard base. Where's it, Southwick? Yeah, no, in Florida. Oh in Florida? Over yeah. at St. Pete's? Ga- Gainesville. Oh, Gatorback. No, what am I thinking? Gaines, Gainesville? Gainesville is where the National was for yeah. a long yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, that used to be deep sand. And then the Nationals, when, I think when the Nationals came, it was hard. It yeah. was hard packed and breaking wheels and stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Southern California guys were, were so fast on the blue groove, hard pack, that when we did Saddle get back. back and Carl's yeah, back. And then when we got back to where there was some dirt, and some moisture you could fly you know it yeah. was a big difference and it's it, it's a lot easier to come off a hard pack to go to nice dirt than come from nice yeah. dirt to hard yeah. pack i mean it, you know it's you come to the hard pack and and uh it it's it's different and i didn't know difference you know and although in the morning it was nice but you, you you're running blue groove all yeah. afternoon you knew where it was headed yeah <laughs> yeah um tell me about the rest of that season so you you were 10th overall your first year which isn't yeah, not, not bad. Um, um, had a good run going. I had, uh, like I said, um, you do the nationals and then you um, then you throw a supercross in there, yeah. and was doing a lot better in the nationals. And went to Houston, and Marty was riding. Marty Traps was riding at Bull Taco, and me and him were dicing. And he come through the tunnel, and his bike seized, and he and he doesn't even get out of the way. And I just run right into the back of him. and I broke my hand. So I missed a, missed a, a race in there, 
and uh, and then after the race, because I was real close with Marty, and I said, hey, I said, why don't you get that bull taco out of the damn way, you know? And he goes, he goes you run into the back of me. And I go, I go, yeah, of course I did. I go, you wouldn't get out. You did. You just stopped, you know? Yeah. And uh, But he's a real dear friend of mine to this day, too. And uh, and, and so we, we, we keep in touch real good. You do, yeah? Yeah, he's, he, I was the best man at his wedding. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. we're real close, yeah. All right. He's a character. Yes, for sure. Yeah. You can, um, make, you can make a mean burrito. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we won't go anywhere else with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so good season, though, with the team. Like, they were happy. Yeah, and then and then, um, and then then finished uh, third in the in the L.A. Coliseum, which was back then. They actually had a 500 class and 250. Okay. And then uh, had some good races in the Trans Am um, at Saddleback and, and with Rich. And... Uh, so so picked it up and was able to sign sign uh, another contract and in '76 was you know start coming around as and and was a 500 class winner and stuff and okay and so you M. you went from the 125 class in '75 yeah to 500s next yeah year. yeah just and fit you better or what was the yeah well, I always liked the 500s even when I was coming up in the local stuff and. Um, I just uh, I just thought I was a little too tall for the bike, you know. But I guess that didn't really matter. Look at Mike, you know, and uh, yeah. he's real tall. But we had some good races with Mike too at, back in the local races. But um, I don't know. I I just like the grunt of open bike. Yeah. You know, I just like riding the bigger. What bikes. about what about nowadays when you get on your Hodaka 100? Uh, oh, that thing flies. <laughs> we go uh, we go right, to Anza. Right, I knew this was coming. <laughs> and I, I I guess five bucks wasn't enough pay you off for that <laughs> we went to uh it was a marty trice 100 race in anza they made a carlsbad replica track and his sponsor come out hodaka sponsor come out there and so his race is up on the line and it's it's, it's an uphill uphill start start, okay. start. Yeah. so the lot the start the the gate drops they're taking off they're taking <laughs> off and i'm watching i'm watching and i'm going i'm going how long is it going to take him to get to that uphill i made up to that first turn <laughs> yeah he, I he's come in, Donnie goes, Donnie goes, man, I clocked you go from, from the gate to the first turn. <laughs> he goes, I go, he goes, darn it. But I weigh more than a bike. Yeah. You know, it yeah. wasn't, wasn't a good combination. <laughs> you get going, you start uh, shifting through the gears, and he's got a downshift to get go, going again. I go up, the... I go down. I go up. <laughs> uh, you're a little big for a 100, probably. Yeah, but we had a lot of fun. Marty called and goes, hey, look, we're going to do this 100 revenge thing. He goes, come on out, you know, and I said, I said, well, all right, let me see if I can't get a bike out here. And uh, Strictly Hodaka, Paul from, Paul Stenard from Strictly Hodaka sent the bike out. And uh, that was at the very beginning. We got it running a lot better towards <laughs> the end. Uh, and uh, Donnie's uh, never going to let you forget no, that. No, no, he always, I, I, I knew I wasn't going to get through that one. <laughs> hey, what, what, what about that, that evening when we went to bed? What? In the trailer. All right, all right. No, no. Now, now you're getting too serious. <laughs> oh. All right, go ahead, Donnie. <laughs> so, so we're uh, the the wife wife went. My wife went to bed first, and then I went to bed second. We're sleeping down ground level. Yeah, of course. I ground gave level. them the good beds in my trailer. Him and and my other friend from Texas. I and so I go up on top because I'm a good guy. He's sleeping up on the ceiling. So, him and uh, him and the wife come in. They're they're giggling. You know, they're having a good time. Now it's time to get to bed, and Tommy's pushing 
Yeah, <laughs> pushing your wife, wife up, up there, there, and then he gets up there, and we're there, everything's kind of quiet now and stuff. We're starting to go to sleep, and we're, uh, no way. He uh, gets up. He gets up off the ground. He goes, "It doesn't hurt here. <laughs> it doesn't hurt here. Well, it hurts here." Donnie moved here. the ladder to get in there. So when I go up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, I I'm I'm I reach my legs around and I'm feeling I'm feeling and all of a sudden it's like, well look out and I just go <laughs> flying off the thing and I crash. And I'm like, oh my God. And my wife's going, be quiet, you're gonna wake everyone. You gotta go Are you kidding me? We're, we're chuckling, we're chuckling Oh yeah I I middle just of go, night. I said, Are you kidding if I'm gonna wake somebody? I just fell off the top bunk. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> he does that three times during the night. The you last fell time out three no, times? No, no, two times. The last time he gets happy, he goes, I gotta go outside. That's it, I'm done. I'm going out sitting outside. This is not safe in here. <laughs> Jeez, that's a hell of a camping trip. Oh, oh, I survived the race fine. Just just getting through the night was was. You need to wear your helmet to bed. Yeah, exactly. I thought I was supposed to trash him on on this trip. If you've got stories, (laughs) let them fly. Yeah, but they're all bad about me. The only problem. (laughs) That's funny. All right. Uh, So the following year, '76, you ride in the 500 class. Um, How did that season go? What was what were those? Who were you racing against in the 500 class that year? Um, well, let's see. So, um, Stackable was there, and uh, I believe Tony D. Well, we, actually, we all were because, like I said, oh, you, we raced at 250 yeah. and the 500. Gotcha. So, we we all raced because um, the ser- they weren't that long. They were maybe eight races, you know, okay. each, each um, championship. So we pretty much so so every race on the start was you you, you know you had a stack field every time, and uh, had had good success through the nationals and had a lot of top fives and 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 a couple podiums and um, and then at the Trans Am it turned around for me and that's when I, I started winning and and led all the Americans in moto wins and um, and what was the change what what I just what just gotten. Um, uh, been around the tracks more you know it's only my second year starting Experience. to come back around yeah just starting to learn it and uh um wasn't intimidated you know you just start more learning. confidence yeah you're just yeah. you're just getting older and and you you know you're getting it and and then once you get you know that you can win or you start leading some races and and you go and i can i can yeah. win one of these things yeah you know, that's and, a fun uh, feeling, huh? Yeah, when you yeah, first yeah, kind of yeah, start yeah, to figure yeah, that man, out. I think I, I think I can get one of these things. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Who gave you the nickname the Tomahawk? That would be Weiner, Jim yeah. Weiner. Yeah, he's got yeah. a new nickname now. Oh, Ke- Kimosabi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. When I first met Donnie in Ohio, so and I and where I see him, I I'm, I'm I never met Donnie Hansen, but everyone's there at, at this uh, at this um, vintage race. And I'm up there with the wife talking to someone. I see someone's rattling around in someone's cooler trying to find a beer. And <laughs> I see his butt out, and, and he turns around, and, and, and I go, hey, t- hey, Hanson. And he goes, Kimasabi. <laughs> so we've been friends ever since. Yeah. I, I go, well, whose cooler is that? And he goes, I don't know. That cold beer in it. Go get help one. yourself. Yeah, he goes, help yourself. <laughs> Grabs me a beer out of there. <laughs> that's comedy all right um so weiner just just gave you that he, nickname. He, he i think he almost nicknamed everybody through the 70s oh is that right oh yeah that was I his think, thing oh yeah that was him he's he's a character oh, if you ever met him and singing 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 and, is the guitar and, out and start singing yeah. oh really oh yeah we would have well, one thing about back then too was uh 
we all the different teams and all the riders we were real close like we would all fly home together because everyone's going to la well we would have big card games on the planes you yeah. could walk around you know we would everybody be kneeling around and we'd have big card games and um you know we raced hard against each other and then at the end of the you know we'd look at you uh, you, you know and i said all right let me buy a beer you know yeah. and, and uh but everyone was real close and and good friends through the 70s and uh but but we sure raced our hearts out against each other i think that that's that stayed because even through the 80s that we got a little clicky at times, but guys were still pretty close. Yeah. 90s, I would say, it was even still that vibe. And then kind of like... The money just kind of separates it and, 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 and the pressure they're yeah. under. And, and uh, I mean, you know, well, we were under a lot of pressure. I mean, everything's the same as it was. It, it's it's just a different level. You know, if you made if you made 100 grand back in the 70s, that was good money. My house yeah. only cost 60. Yeah. You know, and I mean, so, so everything has changed, you know, it, yeah. it kind of just goes as it, as it goes. And, um, cause everyone says, well, wouldn't you want to be racing now, you know, as much as they're making, I go, no, I, I would never give up racing through the golden years of motocross with, right. with all those Europeans and, you know, and guys named Adolf Wheel and Sylvain Gabors, you know, I mean, it was a cool time, you know, yeah. to, to be racing. Oh, it, it. It's such a cool time, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's literally one of the neatest parts of history of the sport. Right, because the bikes got so good right through there. You know, that's when the bikes just really got good, and um, and people think they go, well, well, you had four inches of travel. I go, no, look at our our works bikes back then. We had twelve inches of travel. It's just that it it didn't work is good you know what i mean the technology yeah Yeah. just didn't work as good you know the fade and different stuff but um they only have 12 inches now you can't really go any more than that or you're not going to be able to turn yeah so but it just works so much better Mm -hmm. and and we had 44 millimeter forks on those hondas and the and the fox shocks and and uh i remember going through that era honda came out with the first 12 inch 12 inch because we were like at 10 9 and 10 and they put the 44 millimeter uh, shocks on Pierre's bike and um, the, 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 the long shocks and everything. And he had 12 inches. And we're looking at because Pierre always got the first stuff to test. And uh, but what they so Pierre takes out Carlsbad, takes it, does a jump. And the thing just cases it and almost throws him over. And Pierre has a temper. He always he's going to say what he feels. He comes up and oh, what the you know, he's cussing it out and stuff. Well, they end spring it. And they pull the wheels up, and the wheels went above the chassis. You oh. know what I mean? Like, be, back then, you had, like, this much between the head and the tank. Yeah. The motors were a lot lower. Yeah. So the chassis was lower. Whether you start putting that suspension on there. So the frame's hitting yeah, the, the ground frame hit, before, Yeah, the, uh, the wheels went up past the frame. Well, so, you know, so that's why they moved the motors up. And now you can't get the spark plugs out. You know, they move mm. right up to the top. But... What a cool time to to see that happen, you know what I mean? Yeah. That uh, come right through that era of the yeah. suspension, you know, and uh, so people don't even know that because we were testing and they'd always rent the tracks, yeah. and uh, when I t- tell that story, people are always go, "Wow, I never thought of anything like that." I go, yeah, now that's why they moved the the motor and the chassis all up. Well, that that in that in that period, there was so much of that going on, and and like oh, yeah. just chop shop stuff. Uh, exactly, uh, Gary Jones was on and said he had the factory Honda guys 
uh, at his shop one day, and he didn't like the, the geometry of the frame. He goes, it needs to be more slack. And he took a hacksaw and just started hacking the frame and cut it in half, cut out a little piece, and rewelded it together with him oh, yeah. sitting right there. And I thought, man, that wouldn't fly today. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't be coming near my, my yeah. bike with, with no... With no socks. Is that why Jones went to Islo afterwards? I don't know. <laughs> his own his own thing. He <laughs> did the uh, can. What was that bike he made? It was a, they, they bought it at Mex the Amex or Amex. Yeah, Amex. it was. Uh, it was that they they had bought the the bikes. They owned the company. It was mm -hmm. from Mexico, and uh, so uh, that was kind of. I think he was more towards the end of his career, right through there. Yeah. But, uh, he lost everything in that venture. It was a bummer. Yeah, That's I know. That wasn't good. Yeah, that, that wasn't good. Yeah. So, uh, good season in the 500 class. Eighth overall. Did yeah. you ride 250 that year, too? Or yeah. just 500? Okay. Yeah. And then, and then um, okay, so, and then 77. Um, and that was your first year of full-time Supercross, it looked like, in the yeah, results. Yeah, yeah. And, and had top 10, and, and uh, but. You're probably going to 77. Yeah, 77. Um, so I was just going to ask, how, how did you like Supercross? Were were you? A lot of the guys we have on from that era hated it because yeah, like the jumps weren't built right. Well, we there flat was, landed everywhere, yeah. and, and and there's some stuff on on uh, YouTube about uh, Anaheim 1977, and and I mean how rough it is, and you're you're flat landing out into a lot of holes and yeah. stuff because they didn't prep the track, and. Um, well, but they said I, too I they it. they didn't even know how to build the jumps. There would be no transition. It was like yeah. you'd bottom out when you hit the jump. Right, you know? right. And and um, we used our our outdoor bikes for Supercross bikes. So what we would do is add more quarters to the springs. Yeah, fork springs. <laughs> they get a little tougher, yeah. but um, we changed the triple clamps and bring them in. You know, for okay. turning, and we changed our our pegs a little bit, but. For the most part, we raced the the same bike indoor and outdoor. I know Gearing. they have both specialty bikes now for Supercross. I mean, I, I they say that they're real stiff, right? But look at the the landings, and they're not a lot of chop, you know. So so they can get away with it being stiffer. But um, no, I, I enjoyed it. I I had a lot of good runs in Supercross. Uh, Some of the guys just hated us. So yeah, I, was I know because of. It was just starting, you know, yeah. and that was, I believe that may have been one of the first series. They only had like LA Coliseum and a couple of them. And then they just started a whole Supercross series. Yeah. Right, right through there. And, and as terrible as the tracks maybe were, it had to be neat to like be racing in a stadium, right? For the first time. Oh, wasn't that? I, yeah. I just, I guess from my upbringing, I just thought everything was cool. Yeah. I, I just, yeah. just appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. I just never complained. You know, I just always liked everything, you yeah. know? So I, I just was glad to be there all the time. Yeah. That's a good. Attitude. You know? Yeah. I just was happy to be there. So this year, it seems like 77, 78 was really a sweet spot for you. You, you were uh ninth in two supercross, but fourth in the 500 outdoors and fifth in the two outdoors. Yeah, uh, and, and, and and you won your first national in St. Pete that year. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, I th I think I was maybe top five in Trans Am that year. I'm not mm -hmm. sure, um, but um, yeah, I thought I got a, a a fifth fifth in Trans Am, fifth in uh, two fifty, and fourth in the five hundred. So I was top five in all the in all of them, and uh, finished uh, had third at Anaheim. Uh, won the heat race, passed Pomeroy in the heat race, and. and uh, I couldn't get by him in the main, and and uh, Hannah just got away from us a little bit, but uh, and and uh, 
it, that that was a good year. That was a yeah. fun year. And Trans Am had a lot of good races in the Trans Am that year. A lot of good motos. I know Anaheim Stadium when when they kind of renovated it back in the late nineties or whatever. But that place has got a lot of history. Oh yeah. I yeah. think it's probably more than any other stadium we race in right now currently. Huh? I would think so. You know, especially with them always. And and I was always surprised to come back to a stadium so many times. You never seen that before. So I and I mean, and because of. Uh, I would imagine they would come back because of the um, the fans. If you're going to fill the stadium, yeah. they're coming back. Yeah, you know <laughs> what I mean? stadium? Anaheim. Yeah, yeah. So you know what? That was the first year that they did two of them or three of them. You know, and I was always surprised. Go, wow, they're coming back to the. But after this year, I don't think it's ever going to be a shock for them to stay at one stadium very long. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's nothing's going to be as crazy as it was this year. But I mean, it's it's pretty nuts at what they do now. But um, yeah, they always filled it every time, so it's not a shock that they had come back there. Yeah. Anything stand out from you? I mean, obviously you're winning St. Pete. What do you remember from that day? Um, well, that was just a good day for for Honda. Um, that year, I, uh, me and Marty, um, got one two at three other races and then and I finished second and then he he uh finished second at St. Pete and I won St. Pete and then he wrapped up the championship and and I won my first race I would have had a good better run I got I crashed out in um Lake Whitney mm. and missed a moto so I was playing catch up the whole time but but uh we we'd had a good good uh run that day it was we, we were having our, our pit was fun to be in yeah yeah. I'll bet. Yeah, yeah. There's always a big difference from when you're when everyone's happy with you. <laughs> yeah, the, it's it's crazy how um, good results will change the oh yeah the vibe under a tent. Yes, it versus will. yes. I've been in some bad <laughs> some, <laughs> yeah. in the under the tent and some well, bad races. Well, you're you're never going to be a racer, and it's always going to be good. It yeah. just doesn't happen. Unless you're maybe Ricky Carmichael. Well, you, yeah, I take it back. <laughs> yeah, actually, there's been a lot of guys that have had some good runs and uh, McGrath. And, but, you know, um, to be honest with you, I, I, I didn't really like watching back then so much. Remember when they were winning every single race? It wasn't, yeah. it, it, you know, you almost could bet that McGrath was going to win or not, not take anything from him. It just wasn't as fun watching the races when – I you like knew it. who was going to yeah, win. Yeah, I like yeah. it when there's 10 guys that can win. Yeah. That's a that's that makes it fun. Yeah, I, I, you just have to appreciate what you're watching, I think, y yeah. because you knew there's probably never going to be another. And when Stewart, yeah, you're watching history right yeah. there. Exactly. Yeah. I I get that part. But Yeah, Carmichael and Stewart, the same thing. Yeah. Their there was there was a lot and then Ricky too. Johnson, you know, he he had yeah. a dominating yeah. years, a couple mm -hmm. years there. So I, I was thinking that Supercross wasn't going to be fun to watch for a long time because, um, you know, there was one dominant guy for all those years, you know, and mm -hmm. now all of a sudden it's it's not really like the, even the most, you know, um, uh, Webb and those guys there, they win, but they're not dominant over yeah. everybody. I mean, it's still when right. you you want to sit down and watch the race, you, you you know you don't know who really who's yeah. going to win it. Well, I mean, the last three championships has been a different guy, you know. And yeah, the, it's it's fun. I, yeah. I I love watching it. Yeah. You know? yeah, it's gotten it's gotten really good. Yeah, I like it when 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 a lot of guys can win. So, of all the bikes, you preferred the five hundred. Yeah, I always did. Did you? I always liked it. Yeah, just uh, and um, 
those Hondas were just so much fun to ride, you know. Um, I won a couple motos in the 250 Nationals, but I don't know why I just didn't uh, didn't didn't gel as good on the 250s. Um, I had some good races in the Supercross, but I, I had a good time with Roy Turner. Roy was a good good mechanic, man, yeah. and and uh, and and there's something that a lot of people don't know. If you're not getting along with your mechanic, it, it makes for a tough year. Oh yeah, you know, and he, you guys just aren't friends and stuff, and you're not having fun. And uh, you know, when you got a good mechanic that you get along with, and you start doing better, and he's right with you on that, and and uh, it it just it's a big part of it's of huge. this it's racing. Big, it's yeah. huge. Yeah, people don't really know it, that about about motocross. Unless, like, you know, we've been racing, and, and you know how when you get a guy that they just throw at you, you know, and you guys just aren't aren't gelling that good. Um, it's not as much fun to no. be around him, you know? No, and you you want your mechanic to kind of feel like he's supporting you, right? And you're, you you want to have team. his back, but you're yeah. a team. Yeah, you're yeah. a team, man. And that, and, that can and, do a lot for your head going yeah. to the line. Yeah. And, and, they, and, they, and they go a little just further on their on your bike, you know, and tell you, hey, check this out, you know, mm -hmm. I got this stuff and, you know, parts and, and got my hands on this for you. And, you know, it just makes you feel yeah. good. Yeah. Even if he means it or not, you know, he might just yeah. be just pumping you up, you know, but, but uh, you know, um, Sunoco gas was good. I mean, you couldn't really race, but I remember Roy driving a long ways to get Sunoco gas for me. Oh, is that he, right? He just liked it better. It was a better gas back east mm. you, you, mm -hmm. uh, through the 70s. You know, it was more octane or whatever. It's like BP now. Yeah, and, and so he would, and but it was legal, and he would he would track it down for me. Mm. My mechanic, you know? my mechanic would, uh, on his <clears throat> days off, come out to to me, we go race in a local race to stay competitive, you know, in between races. Mm. He went he went out of his way to uh he, he was great, you know. He yeah. worked really good with we worked good together and yeah. uh it uh it paid off. Yeah, that makes a big difference. Yeah. Um what what were you doing at this time, like seventy seven? Was I born yet? <laughs> 77. Were you I was, pro? You were hatched. You were I hatched, was, Donnie. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was racing locally, expert, okay. pro, whatever you want to call it, then as a, a local rider, Indian Dunes, here okay. in Southern California. Um, yeah, a little bit of saddleback, but mostly Indian Dunes. So you were watching the pro stuff. Oh, yeah. What, what were your thoughts on Tommy back then? Well, he was one of the greats, as well as Marty. Uh, the guys, all of them, you know, uh, the Hannas, the Laportes, the, the Glovers coming up on the 125. Yeah. Um, you know, I, so I'm, I'm, I'm following these guys as I'm coming through the, coming through the ranks, not knowing, you know, I, I may be racing them in one year. And, uh, but it was just like you were saying, the, the first year, you know who's fast when you're, when you get out there for your first year, first first race, but how fast are they? And you got to learn the tracks. These guys ride the tracks every year, so I got to learn the tracks and race against the best. And where am I going to stand? So that's that's where yeah, it's and, and you get used to traveling too. I mean, being the factory rider when you're flying back and forth, it's um. And to this day, I'm not really sure that that's that that's the best way to do it. I don't know. I kind of wish you always think you would, you know, you do a million things different, but I probably would have stayed on the road a little bit more, 
than I did. But Marty never wanted us down the road, so you know, it was kind of with him. And the uh, beach is back home. <laughs> oh yeah, he did not want to stay on the road for one second longer than he had to. You know, he wanted to get home. So, so we were just always buddies and traveling together and so i never really thought much about it i thought that's just the way we were doing it you well know? i don't know anyone to this day that does want to go home and sleep in their own well, bed yeah and, yeah, and, yeah exactly uh, but i think to stay back there and train in the heat for the and, summers uh, yeah, yeah yeah stay back there and get more acclimated to the, East to the conditions and um you know, and ride back there, and, and I, I think that it prepares you a little bit better. Well, you can look at all the current guys. They're all doing it. They yeah. have a place in Florida or Georgia or wherever, oh, yeah, and even the course. manufacturers. Star Yamaha's moving back Yeah, and well, to Florida. Nowadays, you know, they have their own tracks, these beautiful yeah. tracks. Like Donnie, we practice in the canyons. Yeah, just dusty. Yeah, just, old, you, yeah. just your canyon. Where's, where's where it's not legal. Yeah, where, yeah, just <laughs> just in the canyons. You know, you just made a track and you just yeah. practice in the canyons. You didn't have no water tracks or anything yeah. like that. I mean, I think that's why you, your generation through the '80s raced so much on the weekends because that was the only way to go oh, ride yeah, a, a prep a nice track. track. Yeah, a nice track because you just practice in the canyons all the way up up to the weekend. Did you ever ride Central? Um, either of you guys, it was off the 15, kind of in El- Elsinore. It was a track called Central. Yeah, a little far for me. Yeah, I, probably yeah, too I, I, far I for I didn't you. really uh, wander. I don't Wardy, I don't Wardy and Rhino, we used to just hammer this place. And it was, and then RV ended up going there when he was on Pro Circuit. Rocky, it was the worst track you could, you know, as far as enjoying yourself. Yeah. It was awful. Rocks, uh, sand washes, no. shale. But the tracks I, like that every once in a while makes you a better rider. Now, was that up on a hill? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I rode with Jeff there one year because the, the, the year I signed with Kawasaki was his first year on Kawasaki okay. and, and, um, and Brad. So we all came to Kawasaki at the same time. So he came down to San Diego and practiced on my tracks, and I went up there and I rode on that. So, yes, I, yeah. I did ride. It was up on, up on yeah. the hill up there. Yeah, yeah. when you started uh, telling, I said, yeah, I have been there once. Because he would come over the Ortega Highway from Mission yeah, Viejo, yeah, and it's yeah, pretty yeah. much right there. Yeah, for him, I, you know? I, 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 I didn't ride for Kawasaki. No? I didn't, I didn't know that track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I didn't, I didn't ride. It, it, it I didn't was ride. more of a canyon track. I mean, yeah. basically, it was just—it was awful. Yeah, though. it was just a canyon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My tracks were 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 not already too rocky and stuff because that's what the dirt is in yeah. Southern California, and no one preps it. It's just and you're riding there all the time, and and it's just getting beat up, and it did, never. Did Palm Avenue exist back in your day, or did it come along later? That was yeah. kind of the Paula. St- Palm Avenue. Palm. Oh, Palm down yeah. there. Yeah, no, it was down there. Okay. Yeah, it was down there. That actually wasn't bad. It was so hard. There was yeah. actually, if you stayed in the blue groove, there was a little bit yeah. of grip to it. I, uh, I never really rode down there t- yeah. too much. But, but yeah, that's more of your error because mm-hmm. that's when Ricky was practicing mm-hmm. out there, and that's when you got – I rode out there a little bit later um, with Marty – was doing a lot of his schools down there. Okay. And I would just, I, I ended up uh, buying a bike to, to ride a little bit and I'd go down there and, and ride with them a little bit, but I, I got to know Palm Avenue, but, um, for, for a few years down there. But, um, at one point it must've been really nice with the Hills and everything, you know, but man, it was, like you said, it was, it was rock hard. Whoops. Yeah. Bumps, yeah. just, oh, just chattery hard. bumps. Yeah. yeah. But Crazy. you get fast on that. You're going fast anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, we had our own canyons yeah. over in, in so in a, Simi Valley area, or where it was uh, San Fernando okay. Valley. Oh San yeah, Fernando Valley, it yeah. wasn't as you know everything wasn't. And built Simi up. and Simi too. Yeah. We had a track out there. 
Yeah. Huh. Um, all right. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. This is your TLD timeout. Stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more Tommy Croft. Dunlop, there is a reason every AMA championship in the past decade was won on Dunlop tires. They are the best. Choose the best performing tire and brand that has never wavered in their support of our sport. Choose Dunlop. Pro Circuit. Pro Circuit products are designed with one goal in mind, winning. Through passion and hard work, Pro Circuit has operated the most successful 250 team in the history of the sport. They use that same formula when developing exhaust, engine, and suspension parts for every brand. When only the highest level of performance is acceptable, trust Pro Circuit. Since 2009, Seat Concepts has been dedicated to making the best aftermarket seats. More comfort, more grip, more riding. For 10 years, we've continued to raise the bar. Innovation and American craftsmanship make Seat Concepts the world-leading manufacturer of power sports seats. At Nihilo Concepts, we have a passion for innovation and for motocross. Our mission is to develop parts that will improve the durability, functionality, and the appearance of your motorcycle. We're proud to say that everything from Nihilo is made in the USA in our state-of-the-art manufacturing facility in Stewart, Florida. Whether you race every weekend or you just ride for fun, Nihilo offers high-quality, innovative parts that you just won't find anywhere else. Nihilo offers custom engraved engine covers, one-piece titanium foot pegs, brake tips, internal engine components, specialty tools, frame grip tape, carbon fiber components, and so much more. Check out our website, nihiloconcepts.com, and see for yourself why teams like Red Bull KTM, Rockstar Husqvarna, Troy Lee Designs, and some of the fastest riders in the world choose Nihilo Concepts. nihiloconcepts.com. Specialized Bicycles. Specialized leads the way in the world of bicycling. Whether it's cross-country racing, downhill, e-bikes, enduro, road, gravel, dual solemn, dirt jumping, or all mountain bikes that do it all, Specialized has the perfect ride for you. The brand is synonymous with engineering excellence and innovation that steers the industry. Visit your local Specialized dealer for a test ride and see just how good Specialized products are. OGO Power Sports. OGO has perfected the carrying case, motocross gear bags, helmet bags, boot bags, hydration packs, backpacks, and travel bags, to name a few, have all been meticulously engineered to maximize space and surpass durability standards that would make NASA proud. Simply the best. OGO Power Sports. Connected. I wanted my kids to ride motorcycles, so we would always share that. 
Besides our family bond, but it's just something cool that you get to share with your kids. I wish I had as a kid was the scene I've used with Hayden. You turn them on and you can talk to each other. It just changes the whole game. When you're trying to learn and get better, you need that ability to talk to the student. And I think that's what the Senna system does, you know? It allows you to communicate real time instead of saying, oh, come in, hey, that corner there, like 10 laps ago, you did this or that. You know, it's almost like a secret. It's almost like I'd like to even keep it. It's like you want to keep it a secret because it's such an advantage. You know, I feel like the, the Senna system is such an advantage. And I feel like, you know, it's going to help us elevate Hayden's game big time. So that's, that's why we use it. With a rich history in motocross, ProX has been dedicated to supplying quality components since 1975. Whether you're rebuilding an engine or just need a new chain, ProX Racing Parts aims to bridge the gap between OE quality and affordability. ProX has over 9,000 part numbers and over 60 different product types that are manufactured by highly reputable or even OEM suppliers and are offered at affordable prices to help keep riders on the bike instead of in the garage. Visit ProX.com to search parts for your bike or check them out at your favorite online or local dealer. The guys are just breaking in their race bikes, which will leave on the semi this Saturday to go to the first Supercross for our coast in Orlando. Uh, so the guys are just be goofing off a little bit, do some cool photos, do some cool videos. When you go racing, you want to do well, but a big key is keeping the bikes on the track. That's why we chose to work with Motul. Expectations coming in as a rookie is just to try and get my feet wet and uh, honestly just send it, see where I end up and uh, do my best out there, but just ride aggressive and ride like myself in practice and I uh, should have a good time. Challenges of this sport, I believe, is just simply staying healthy. Uh, with how fast we're going um, and what we're doing, your margin for mistake is really, really small. If you have little rippers, you have had to have seen Stay Sick Bikes by now. We have created bikes and experiences that allow kids to develop sooner and empower them to define their own ride. From learning to ride to sharpening skills, the Stay Sick promise is accelerated growth. Whatever path your family chooses, it's going to be the ride of your life. Stay Sick Stability Cycles. I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. Hey, hey, I'm on vacation. If you don't like your life, then you should go and change it. Hey, hey, hey. All right, welcome back. That was your Troy Lee Designs timeout. Those guys are uh, firing over there on their website. Get over to TroyLeeDesigns.com. They've got all their new gear coming out. Uh, casual wear, stuff like this. Uh, go check them out. The paint department is open as well. So. Uh, you can get in there and get your name number or a full paint job, whatever you want. Uh, but get over to Troy Designs and check them out. I want to remind everybody about our next live show. Uh, we're finally able to get going again thanks to Jeff Blackmore and the Blackmore Ranch. It's going to be May 8th on Saturday, so uh, the weekend after the last Supercross race. Ryan Villapoto is our guest, and we've got some fun events throughout the day. Uh, gates are going to open at 1 o'clock. At 2 o'clock, we've got a Stay Sick Kids race. This is invite only, so if you uh, are wanting to race probably not going to be able to make that happen for your kiddos. It's all invite only because it is private property, but uh, we got the juice box 500. We're calling it uh, for some select kids. Looks like a lot of pro racers, their kids are going to show up and do it. Uh, a flat track demo. 
which is going to be really cool. We're going to have Roland Sands and his crew out there on some uh, some dirt trackers, yeah, as well as a couple of really cool Yamaha 450s that have been converted uh, with some demo riders, probably RV himself and a few others. Uh, free food, free beer, free wine. Come on out and enjoy it. It's a $30 donation to Road to Recovery. You can go to their website uh, and <coughs> click the uh, shop box, and you'll see it on there. Uh, but that's a tax-deductible donation. Again, uh, gates open at 1, Stasic Race at 2, Flat Track at 3, and our show will start at 5 o'clock. Uh, Grant Langston's coming back, the uh, the original co-host here, so he'll be back uh, helping us out. That'll be a lot of fun. Um, I'm trying to buy all the vodka I can find. <laughs> it should be enough. We should be all right. Um, you I can know, also... I know where you can get some Trust Me vodka. Yeah, I think you do, huh? You're friends with them. All right, well, we'll, we'll uh, talk to you we, after the we, show. we got to get a hold of Jason McCormick. <laughs> okay. Um, you can also, if you're not here in the Southern California area, you can watch it live on the Spot Network. So go find that app uh, in your app store, and it's free to watch. And we're going we're gonna to actually stream, for the first time ever, stream the whole day live. So uh, that'll be something you guys can check out from home. Uh, so please do that. Uh, Tommy, jumping back into your story here, let's pick it up with 78. Um, this was another great season for you. This was kind of like you're, you're, you were pumping. Yeah, Um we were all geared to win that 500 championship that year. Your third season. And, third yeah, season? fourth. Fourth season. And um, so I, I win Sears Point and, and take the points lead then. And um, had a couple good races and stretching my lead a little bit. And uh, we get down into, it must have been Atlanta down there. And um, I got a good start. I got second. And uh, I should have had some patience, and uh, Terry Clark was actually leading it, and uh, I knew I'd be able to get around him. But um, so I, a little aggressive, and I set him up on something, and I and um, takes my front wheel out, and I crash, and uh, so I had to miss a miss a race, and this uh, cut, you know, just shattered my hopes of winning the championship. Mm -hmm. But um, I led it for over halfway, and. And everything was going good. I should have just had a little more patience and um, something I haven't been real good with through, throughout my career. And uh, it bit me there, and it cost me the championship. Um, so That's so hard, though, to second-guess, you know. If you're too cautious, then you don't ever make passes. Exactly. You know, it's such a fine line to, to – and I, and I always had my thought is – don't second guess it. If if there's an opening, go. You know yeah. because um, you know you don't know when you're gonna get another one, and it, and you set this guy up for for you know you've been following him, and you know he's gonna take that other line. Yeah. You know you gotta go, and um, that's something that I've always done, and and uh, for the most part it pays off. You know, and you get around a guy, but uh, if uh, if he moves over on you, yeah. You know, and you and you're you're a gear high you set him up and you're a gear high higher than him and he moves over on you you're it's uh not looking good for you so <laughs> yeah. yeah so anyways because you're you know you you got a lot more speed and and uh that's what happened so yeah got hurt and uh, what did you hurt everywhere oh <laughs> <laughs> just banged no. you up all around yeah just 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 stepped off i came back and and finished the the series but um, did it hurt as bad as falling off your top bunk it's about the same, but it, the only thing was I had no hecklers like Hanson there, so it wasn't too bad. <laughs> I didn't have no, no no hecklers in the crowd. That's funny. So as a Supercross champion, 
what what was your mindset in that situation? If you're like racing, you're you're in a points lead or in the battle. How do you make that decision, or does it just you don't really think about it? You kind of take the opportunities that come. Uh, you know, because I found when I was in championship battles, I'm overthinking it. Yeah. Well, where's that guy in the points? Do you know, do I really need to pass him? How hard should I push? And I, I know that's not right, but that's what my brain was doing. Right. I was, you know, I always, as you know, I was a good starter. So if I didn't get to start, I was up there and and uh, right smart, right smart to salvage points and not throw the championship away because you need to make a make a make a move that's going to cost you the the series. So I have that in the back of my head. So it's got to, you know, I'll pass when I think is the best best time to pass. Um, otherwise, try to get the starts and stay out in front. Race, race the track, race the track, stay out in front, and um, pass making what I thought was a smart move and, and uh, not throw away the championship. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, the, obviously that works. It, 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, it's a hell of a lot easier said than done. Oh I, yeah. I, I oh yeah. That, so. You know, and you think you got it, you know, you, you actually think it's not a dangerous, yeah. but if someone moves over on you, you know, and, and, uh, not much you can really do. Yeah. So you missed one round, um, and, but still came back and man, it, you, yeah, still, still, you know, um, managed to 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 come out okay and still have some good motos when i come back but um we ended up having a pretty good supercross season that year um you know we were talking earlier when about mechanics and stuff and and um you try to make the best out of what your decision what you what you're given and uh you know, I just really didn't gel real good with the guy. I was so happy with Roy. And when Roy went to Kawasaki, he called me personally himself and said, look, he goes, uh, I'm I'm going to leave. And and uh, he knew it was devastating because we were we were geared to 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 win. You guys and, are good buds. Yeah. And we were we were I was training hard on the offseason. I started training way before, you know, and was really stoked. It kind of let this, the wind out of my sails, mm. but you know we we you know you pick it up and you go and um, and all these years later when I ro- run across Roy, he always says he goes darn Tommy he goes I shouldn't have left you you know he goes we were we 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 had so many good motos and so many good runs we were just ready to put it all together mm-hmm. and uh, that was seventy eight that he left for Cowie uh, seventy seven oh seventy seven yeah and then seventy eight was the year and, and that's when I was leading it and everything but I think with with Roy you know some guys just like we we're talking they they just know how to talk you through it. Mm-hmm. And, and what they even write on the board, you know, for you. Keep you, you know? pumped. Keep you pumped Yeah, up. they just keep you going, you know. And Roy was one of those guys. And when when he was team manager, too, he he uh, he helped all those guys, the Kawasaki guys. And yeah. uh, he he was good. And um, I just saw him. I just saw him at Mike yeah. Bell's uh, after his service at Saddleback at his at uh, at Mike, Mike Bell's house, Mike Linda's house. Um. He came, him and his wife. Yeah, yeah. It was good seeing him. Oh yeah, yeah. It is interesting, right? How if you if you have a lot of respect for your mechanic in a close relationship like you did, and if they write something on the pit board, you really, you really yeah. take it well, in. Like we, it means a lot to you, right? But conversely, if there's a mechanic, you're like, eh. yeah, he's they write for something, your, you yeah, he's like, for whatever, your dude. best interest. You know, you yeah. know, he's for your best interest. And and I always like I come around and a guy says more gas. I go. 
what the, what is that? I want to know how, how, where I'm at, how, how many seconds is behind me or how long do I got to go, you know, or, you know, more gas is not, not what I want to read when I come around the corner here, you know, I'm giving it more gas. That's that's pretty funny. Yeah. So faster. Yes. Faster. Okay. Okay. This is, this is, (laughs) Um, you won Sears Point that year. Was that in the 500 yeah. class? Okay. Yeah, that's when we were leading the 500s. That's the one I wanted to win. And if I remember right, both of your wins, Marty was second right yeah. behind you. Well, and how was that for you guys? Uh, it's good. I, I like that because I had finished second to him a bunch of nationals. Yeah. So that, that was good. Was he was he pretty good about being happy for you? Or oh, was there... yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, we, yeah, we were always you know, we were good teammates, you know, yeah. we was no animosity yeah. about that. And we, we, you know, we always wanted each other to do good so we could keep this thing going. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and oh, you guys were living the dream. Yeah. You know, so yeah. we were for each other so we could, we could keep it going, you know? Yeah. We liked it. So that year, uh, third and 250 Supercross, fourth and 500 outdoors. I mean, that's, those are yeah. pretty solid results. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, we had good Supercross. Um, I was waiting for that to come around because I had put together a lot of good um, heat races and and a lot of good good races through the years. And and uh, you know, like like you said, a lot of guys just didn't like Supercross back then. I mean, Hannah sure did. But um, so I was I was wanting to get a good result in in the Supercross. But I, my my focus was on that 500 national championship, which which was just dangling in front of me. My lap times were real good in practice uh, when we were testing the bikes and stuff and and uh we were we were ready to go and then uh you know and then I I wanted to improve on my supercross uh championship, you know, and and we did do that and we were doing the 500 what we had planned but it uh just didn't quite work yeah. out. In that time, 1978, what was the most prestigious motocross title to win or supercross was it supercross was it gp still in europe i think the well like now you know i kind of a a national championship to me is is more than a gp but back then when brad won his gp i mean obviously that was the most prestigious thing and i think in i don't know um for me it was always the 500 championship what I what I was chasing for a lot of guys and Hannah was tuned in on that supercross which you know which ended up being the money deal you mm-hmm. know and and uh and he just was good at good at the supercross um he's good at anything he wrote yeah he's just good he's just good and and uh and he knew it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He let you know about yeah, it too. He let, you know, <laughs> he let everybody know about it. <laughs> I just wonder, you know, it's a still a great question today. I, I think there's probably Supercross has really become the, the title to win. Oh, yeah. But if you said, what's more important, a Supercross title or a, a world championship? I don't know. Uh, you know, they're just different. Yeah, they're different. And But but back I, then, it seemed like the GPs were kind of the They were still. The they were stand. still. What, the what does the GP championship get the riders? What's that? What's that pay? I don't. I guess I don't know the answer to that. I would say there's more money in Supercross. Oh gosh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but that's a prestigious. You go win that world championship. Oh yeah, and 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 you know, funny that you said that was because I was thinking like Stewart was being done with his career. I was saying, man, why don't you go win a GP? 
Mm. Still got, still fast. Because mm. the money is here. Well, but still, you got a life over there, and, and the competition is not near as stiff as it yeah, is but here. You, then you got to go to Europe and learn well, how to live over there. Yeah, obviously, he didn't do it. It was just my idea mm. that I thought he you, was still fast enough to go win a world championship and have that under his belt. I mean, he could have done yeah. it. He, but you right. have to want to do it, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. He probably had enough money and yeah. just the, the, the no, you know, just the just wasn't there. Well, Villapoto, I think he went over, you know, he just had to squeak out that last year of his contract. And I right. think that was maybe, he thought, ah, it'll be a new adventure. I don't have the pressure of here. But I don't think it was near, I no, mean, obviously looking easy. at the results, it was he, not he, as easy yeah, as Yeah, it thought. wasn't as easy as he thought. And those guys are going to step up their game. Yeah. They're not going to want somebody coming over there beating them on, no. their, on their turf, you know. No, he was a, a yeah. you know motocross royalty when he oh, went over oh, there so absolutely. for them they, yeah. they're going to do everything oh, they can yeah. to beat him. that's yeah. their time to to, yeah. to beat him you know and, and he had a target on his back <clears throat> what was um you know you kind of mentioned a little bit of this but the the vibe at the races back then very very uh kind of low-key and a lot of camaraderie were you guys camping and cooking out and yeah just um every everyone loved getting together you know and and uh, like i said on the airplanes we'd we'd all play cards together and because yeah. we all seemed like well all the factories were in la and all of us guys in like weiner and a couple of guys that are from back east they moved out to california it was the place to be to yeah. the 70s so they all moved out here and uh so we always flew together and stuff. So so it, it was it was fun time meeting everybody, you yeah. know, and getting be close friends with everyone. A lot of shenanigans. Yeah, always always playing something on somebody. <laughs> Tripes told us a story about throwing some firecrackers in the a uh, cop's hat. Yeah, even tri- Whitney. Yeah, Marty is. Uh, yeah, he he he's a troublemaker. No problem. <laughs> you got any good stories of you guys? From then, like getting in trouble, oh, gosh, causing I, trouble. I can't think think of something now. Just um, well, mostly with uh, with Marty Smith and <coughs> and uh, just our our the rental cars, you know, and everything, and just going out and trashing the rental cars and and uh, <coughs> making the getting our team manager so mad at us and yeah. Uh, so that know. stuff was still going on. Oh yeah, it was going. <laughs> it was going big. <laughs> yeah, you put a bunch of twenty year olds in rental oh, cars. Yeah. I mean, that's what's going. You're happen. bumping. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so go to '79. Still with Honda. Yeah. No, I I went. Or to, had you switched I, to Kawasaki? I went to Kawasaki. Okay. They came up and offered, and and um, so I switched and went to Kawasaki, and and that was the first year, the Unitrack, and so mm-hmm. they were going to come out with this great bike, and I thought, man, you know, maybe I can come back and and see if I can't get that 500 championship, and. Um, it was the first year of the Unitrack, and the first year that Jeff Ward signed with them and Brad Lackey also, but Brad rode over in Europe and um, had some real good success in the Supercross. And I got uh, two segments, one's up, one up in Seattle. I led it to the last lap, and then Bob got around me. And same thing in um, in Michigan in the uh, Pontiac Stadium. Mm-hmm. And um, Bob got me on the last lap there too. Um, I just got cautious. That gets and I, old. Yeah, it got, it got old real fast, and it bit me twice. But I followed a lap rider into a turn, and Bob had been on me the whole race, and I beat him in the heat race too. And um, and when I caught the lap rider, I, I just I, he was a little a little bit in front of us. But by the time I went through through my right and I went into the left real deep, I'd caught him, and then I was committed. 
and I bumped him, and I and then here comes Bob around the outside. I went, oh my gosh, he did it to me again, and um, so anyway, so so we had some good races there, and then the the bike broke on me. Mm. The uh, where the struts come up, they have one bolt that goes through there, and uh, we were at another supercross and uh, went off a big jump, and the rear end broke, mm. and and. Uh, Got hurt again real bad. And oh, I you crashed. Re- yeah, oh, yeah. The rear end came up and it stopped, and I, I, I flew over the bars and uh, hurt my shoulder real bad and my neck, and my, my helmet was t- turned sideways. I <laughs> thought I lost my sight, you know. I got up, I go, I can't see. <laughs> I can't see. But, but I got my helmet back around, and my eyesight came back. And um, so... But uh, I missed I missed um, I missed the GP that year that Carlsbad, which one of my favorite, and and the bike w- worked really good. It was real good going in downhill into the whoops. It really stayed down real nice, and there was a lot of things I liked about the bike, and and uh, had a, a lot of good national races with the thing, but it broke on me a oh, couple times. So it cost you in the points. Yeah, it broke on me a couple times, and. Um, and trying uh, to save so a weight on, the, on that bull. Yeah, and then I ended up uh, breaking my knee backwards and uh, just kind of just finished out the year. Just really couldn't kind of come back from that. And um, so after that, we um, Mitch had called me up, Mitch Payton, and when he had the Huskies. Okay. And he goes, "Hey, Tommy, you want to ride? You know, ride ride one of my bikes." So I went up and I and I uh, rode for Pro Circuit for a short time. Oh, okay, I didn't know and, that. Yeah, and uh, and so I I raced um, Golden State Series at Carlsbad, and then uh, had a good run down there, and then um, a Husky picked me up from Mitch, and uh, I just it, it took everything I had to win the win the race and. I didn't tell them that, you know, I've, but they were ready to go on the nationals and I'm going, man, two forty fives on this thing. And man, this, it took everything I had in the, I limped around for probably two weeks after the race, my knee. And then I just told them, I said, you know, my, my heart's just really not into it. I got to see what's next for me in my life. And so I didn't really go out with a big splash. I just kind of went away and just did my own thing. Was, was your move to Cali? Partly because Roy was there, did that well, have anything to do with it? Not really. Um, just the, I just wanted the the bike, and, mm-hmm. and um, I thought maybe a fresh start might might uh, get kickstart yeah. everything going, you know. And and uh, and which it really was. I just just ended up having some bad luck with the thing and and breaking, yeah. and with yeah. the bike breaks and and you get hurt, you know. It. Uh, it's just one of those things, you yeah. know, that you just swallow. And, and yeah, on. that's tough mentally, especially yeah. after the year before when you were yeah, so close. Yeah, and, and, and I thought I could come back and get it, you know. I, yeah. So. Um, so, but you raced again in 1980, I thought, right? Or you did some races? Well, the, or no. Or was that on the Husky? That was on the Husky. So okay. that was about it for me. And, and uh, I remember Mitch not being too happy about me leaving and, and going to Husky. But I, you know, I mean, that's. You know, because Mitch had just called me and and uh, gave me the bikes and everything to get started. What, what, what bike was better, Mitch's or Husky's? Um, they, they were pretty much the same because they, they were just really production bikes, and and you just you just tune them up and Olean shocks yeah. and and whatever. But um, they, I just didn't think that it was kind of the cat, you know, from what I'd been used to riding, and and I just. 
hadn't been riding. I just was a lot of work to get to get going. I just didn't think it would it was going to pan out out on the road. Yeah, because when you say you bent your knee backwards, you blow your ligaments out. You're saying yeah, just I went into the first turn and and uh, put my leg out, and then someone bumped my back my back wheel and. I, it planted my heel, and then the handlebar just oh. just pushed my leg right backwards. Jeez. Yeah, so I got a big screw in it and all this stuff, and I, I ended up getting out of my career with 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 a lot of plates and screws and stuff. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I got banged up through my through my years in motocross. Pretty pretty normal. Oh, pretty standard stuff. <laughs> standard. Yeah, that's pretty standard. standard. Yeah. You walk like a ninety year old man oh, yeah. at oh, fifty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right there with you. <clears throat> of all your of all of your race bikes you had what was your favorite probably the 77 500 yeah yeah and and even 76 because uh that 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 they were good bikes man and let me tell you me and marty finished a lot of races without rear fenders because the thing just loop out from underneath you oh, is that so right fast. oh yeah we 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 uh i remember um leading that sears point in the trans am and then the hills were so steep and i was going and next thing you know i'm just standing there the bike is just Cut gone. traction oh yeah the bike is just gone from underneath my turn around here comes roger and everybody's coming man i'm dancing around trying to get out of their way and then run up and get my bike but yeah those uh those bikes were fun to ride man huh. it's always fun having a ton of horsepower yeah it is yeah it's it's i loved it what would you have a favorite track well probably i don't know i i always like the real natural um um Unadella and, yeah. and Sears Point, the real hilly, because me and Marty trained in Sorrento Valley, and it's a big valley, and we just carved a track just up and down the hills. So I, re I really like the hilly tracks, which yeah. there wasn't a ton of them in, in the country, but um, there's well, a few. Going back like to your them. canyons. Yeah, going back to the canyons, exactly. Yeah, there wouldn't be a toll lot, I guess. Uh, what was around back then? No, not not uh, really. I mean, um, Besides Saddleback. Yeah, well, Saddleback. I mean, and, Carlsbad. And, well, Carlsbad, Saddleback, and then um, mostly California, and then uh, Sears Point was real hilly, mm -hmm. and then and then uh, Unadella, and then. Were you guys we, racing Hollister back then? Yeah, we did race Hollister because it's got some. No, hills. no, no. Actually, we didn't. No, I didn't. That might have been like yeah. Golden. No, that's when we went to Brad's race. That's right. I knew Hollister. That's where we when we, we were dancing we, around in the motorhome. Yeah, exactly. Someone had their jacks all the way up and. And we're, Donnie, he's he, he backing it up, and he's got the thing where he sticks his head out. It's like five feet off the ground. I said, he goes, he goes, got to get a level. We're, we're looking good. I go, it looks pretty good, Donnie. <laughs> so, we're, so we're having fun dancing, and thing falls off the jacks, and oh yeah. no, oh yeah, it messed your yeah. trailer up. Yeah. I got it's jacked up. Yeah, it's jacked got up. Jacked it got up. jacked up. <laughs> Um, was that, so was that decision to quit racing pretty tough for you? It sounds like you kind of were just like, eh. Yeah, just, um, when I try to run, you know, and train and, and, uh, you know, your knee's just not doing it, you know, it took, took a year just for my knee to get better. So, so after that, I, I got a Speedway bike. I liked watching Speedway and I go, well, I'm going to get one of those Jawas. And Ken Maley made me a shoe and, and he had a track and I started practicing i got i was ready to to do my first race oh, and yeah? um yeah and and uh marty tripes was racing these off-road cars he goes man come down and check this out and i uh, went down there and uh 
and that's when I got hooked on that because I'd always had dune buggies and everything, and and uh, bought my own, got my own team together, and. Uh, Okay. So what type of car racing was it? It was single seat buggies. Okay. It was the buggies in the short course in the stadiums. And so it was pretty cool because we traveled the circuit and raced in a lot of the stadiums that I'd been in in motocross. So it was Was a lot of fun. Was that the Ultracross series or what? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. They, they, and so Jim Pomeroy, he, he was off. So he stayed at my house a lot. He was doing like Donnie doing the schools. So, so he could come down to San Diego and stay with me. Didn't cost him nothing. And then he would, uh, go to a lot of my races with me because those guys were, you know, he could help and he got a lot of work out of those guys, you right. know, cause they're, you know, it's kind of like, um, the arena cross, you know what I mean? It was kind of like, like the arena cross yeah. guys. And, uh, you know, they, they, they kind of, it was good. They had their own series and they could be in front of the crowds and win races and stuff. And, and, uh, not quite, you know, definitely not super cross, you know? Yeah. You mentioned Montreal and, uh, Jim Holly actually told us that, there was several races where he was there doing the supercross yeah. and you, you were there in your buggy. Yeah. I, that's where I met Jimmy and his dad and everything. Okay. Cause, and there was a few guys that were, that were, um, that would race the Mickey Thompson and everything and racing those. And Jimmy was still really fast. He yeah. won, a, he won a few championships, you know? So, yeah. so that's where I, I, I was, I was probably one of the only uh, motocross guys that was racing and doing good in the in the Mickey Thompson and stuff. So, okay. so it went went real well, and I ended up getting a factory ride and being able to fly to all the races. And, Is that and, right? Yeah, with Chrysler, I rode for drove for Jeep. Wow. Yeah, and and it was a full factory ride, and they flew me to all the races and rented cars and rooms. You and got everything. a salary? Uh, yeah, we, they 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 took care of it. It was more of a on how you did. Okay. You know, and um, and you made good money back then. I mean, you know, your tire money. So winning, you could make five grand. Okay. And a night, and um, I set the record for the most wins in a row, which which Ivan Stewart had at three wins, and I won eight races in a row and uh, wow. won won five championships. Wow. Yeah, and uh, just had a really good career. You know, I I did it for ten years. And in between that, I I had got a ride race driving NAS trucks, okay. and, uh, in the super in the super speedways. Uh, best finish was fourteenth. Um, how different? How much of a departure is that? Like the 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 buggies on an off road track. There's a lot of crossover, right? You know how to read the dirt, yeah. and the jumps, and, and your motocross comes yeah. in a lot on that, you know. And once you're just doing it, you know, you you get it dialed in, but. Um, that that uh, a lot of people sit around their their house having a beer, going, man, I, I could do that, and I, I don't think so. <laughs> Let me tell you, it is serious. Those well, guys are, you know. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's any different. We have racers that that try to transition to that. Carmichael tried. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Johnson tried. Reed yeah. has tried. It, it's like somebody being a car racer, never riding a motorcycle really, and then going at 30 years old, going, you know what, I'm going to go race Supercross. I mean. It doesn't Those happen. guys have been karting since they were four. Oh, oh, oh or five, yeah, yeah, know? and and they and yeah, and it 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 is serious, man. Yeah. I mean, going in, I always said they go, well, what's it like? I go, well, going 187 miles an hour is not that bad, but turning at 187 miles an hour yeah. with with three or four guys around you, it's 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 intense, you know. And and the main thing you don't want to do is you you want to go into the turn, you don't want to back out. 
because you're going to, you know, someone's going to hit you. And so you don't want to mess nobody up, you know. So you want to keep your flow going with everybody, you know. And you'll, yeah. you'll go laps like that with, you know, in a group of guys. And, and you don't want to, you don't want to be the guy that yeah. made the mistake, you know, and took out everybody's cars. Yeah, because I'm sure there's guys that have that reputation. Oh yeah, there's yeah. there's lots of them. I didn't. Uh, I was uh, treading lightly, you know. But I probably ran about. Oh gosh, I had to probably run about 15 races. You know, I raced all the super speedways: um, Daytona, Talladega, down at Homestead, California, um, Texas, because mm -hmm. that's where my sponsor was out of Texas. So, so. Um, and uh, so my best finish was 14th, which was real respectable for our team, you know, and um, just one car and, um, and all volunteer mechanics and stuff, you know, mm. so that made it, made it a little bit tricky. But um, we got up into the top 10 a few times on off pits and stuff, and, and we always ran around um, 15th to 20th right in there, you know. So, but uh, I crashed in Texas coming out of turn two and uh, – my spotter said, I could see the smoke when I was in the bank, and my spotter says, big crash coming out of two. And I was like, yeah, I see it. And and he goes, go up high. So I drifted up by the wall, and I went into the smoke. And again, you don't want to back out because the guy will hit you in the back at those speeds. It doesn't take anything to close up, so you got to stay in it. And I went through the smoke, and it cleared. And I go, man, I made it. And someone was coming up from the apron backwards. And oh. then I T-boned him, and it was about 14 cars or 14 trucks. And so I went into the infield hospital. And uh, when I came out, my sponsor's wife was standing there and goes, she goes, here's Cindy's on the phone, my wife. And I go, oh, this can't be good. <laughs> I was 40 years old. I've been racing my whole life, I, you know, up till 40. So I had a long career. And... Um, she goes, you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. She goes, well, you ready to go home now and uh, get a real job, <laughs> get a regular job? And I, I go, yeah, I guess that's a, I guess that's a good idea. <laughs> I'm still alive. I, I probably should stop. Probably stop rolling the dice. Yeah. Was so, that gnarly hitting that car? Like, oh, yeah. To me, oh, yeah. going into smoke you, would you, be like, okay. Yeah, you, you want to back out. Everything tells you to back yeah. out. But you roll out a little bit. But, I mean, you, you, you don't scrub off too much speed, you know, because guys are coming right behind you. You yeah. better be in tight with your spotter. You don't want to. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Wow. It was a great experience to do that. You know, I, I really love to, to be able to, to, to say that I did that. You know, it, it was pretty awesome. And not a lot of people get that opportunity. No, not at all. Yeah. It sounds like you had a lot of, I mean, you see all these guys jump in and try it. Oh, a lot yeah. of them were doing the short course truck racing for a little bit. Right. I just jumped right into soup. But, but, uh, none of them are making money though. Yeah. That's the thing with it. You know, right. this, it's um, so much money just to go racing. Oh yeah. There's not oh, any. It, it's it's $10,000 for tires one day, just for the tired yeah. tires, 10 grand. And, uh, but if you qualify, you you know you're the last guy on the grid is making like 25 mm. so you know you you know 25 30 grand the last place guy but sounds like a lot but man in that sport you eat that up quick. fast yeah. oh yeah with, with between tires. fuel and oh, tires, tires and, and, oh, and then just everything else yeah, yeah. it's a, it's it's the big boy stuff no mm -hmm. doubt so what what was next you wife tells you it's time to come home yeah so uh, so I came home and figured out what I was going to do and and I said well I'll uh 
you know, I wanted to get a job where I get start my 401k because I I was 40 years old and I after motocross I got my own team and and you know and then it worked into a full factory ride, and so I raced all the way till I was 40 and um, which uh, which was a long time and so I got my truck driver's license and and someone hired me and I was there for 25 years and and I just retired again. And I got so bored that I went back to work again. I said, gosh, you know, I just, uh, I, I just get too bored. I started uh, re rebuilding, a, uh, restoring another bike, a 125 uh, Honda Elsinore 74. But it takes so long to, to track the parts and everything that it doesn't keep you busy enough. Right. And, and, a lot uh, of downtime. Yeah. And, and my wife was still working. So uh, if I'm not working, I was doing the laundry and everything else. I said, man, I would rather think I'd rather go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and you know and and we have a, a house on the Colorado River. We spend a lot of time out there with the kids and everything. And so we we uh, we have a good time out there. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. When you were truck driving, was that like long haul? No, no, no. Just short? local. Just okay, for local. the day. Yeah, okay. just for the day. I would come home and okay. didn't work weekends, and I didn't want to uh, do that. Didn't didn't need that. I just wanted to get my insurance. You know, yeah. get a good job with insurance sure. and four hundred one k like. A, yeah, like regular people do. And, uh, so, <laughs> so, so you is that you're still doing some of that now? Like, yeah, that's time? that's what yeah. I do. And and uh, so I I I'm, I'll be 65 on the 23rd. And uh, so I was all Happy geared. Birthday. Yeah, thank you. And and I was all geared to uh, to retire. And I and I did for about I don't know five or six months. But it's it, not it's not all that's cracked up. No, nah, no. Nah, and my wife is it, she has a couple more years till she does. So I said, well, I might as well just go back to work because when we're out at our river house and we're we're doing places, I got to come home and and anyway. So I said, well, I might as well. Yeah, well, you just go gonna sit around the house. Yeah, and I know. Crazy. I, I'm, the, yeah, yeah, and the, yeah. It, it, it seems like motocross guys we're all a little bit yeah ADD, we keep, a little yeah, bit type yeah, A, and yeah. so. Retirement doesn't really sit well. No. I mean, look at Roger. He's 70 oh, I know. I know. something. What a guy, huh? Still I just, mean, he's, he's someone to, to have in our lifetime to say you know him. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's. Yeah. I, I don't think retirement sits well with a lot of us. No, um, I just, yeah, I'm not. Uh, yeah, so, and in, in I just love the new job. I work for Heartland Meat Company. He's a, he um, does does all the events for Marty Tripes and stuff. He provides all the meat oh, and everything okay. for for him. And so it was an easy transition or an easy job to get. I didn't have to go sell myself or anything. I just told Joe, I said, "Hey Joe, I said, I've been retired about six months." I go, well, "Man, I just I'm not ready to be put on the shelf yet." And he's 77 still, right? He goes, is he is he, the, is he the guy that wanted the um, box, box racks? Yeah, yeah. He wants the box racks. He boxes all the time. Yeah, that's Joe. That was at the beach. That yeah, that was at Joe at Marty's birthday, and we built the ring and everything. And, yeah, yeah. And, and Rex he, didn't show up. Yeah, he always busts Rex chops about that. You chickened out and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I go, I go, Joe. I think you're lucky he chickened out. Yeah. I said yeah. you're really lucky that Rex is a chicken. <laughs> yeah. I saved, think he must have known something. Saved you a bloody nose, I'm sure. So anyway, so I've really enjoyed being back here. I've been about, oh, probably going on about five months there now. Okay. Yeah, a lot of fun. And do you have kids? Yeah, I have uh, three kids and um, three grandkids. And uh, my son, he he uh, he's a truck driver too, but he's really involved in the um, 
uh, he, he has Diction Industries, which is a little clothing line, and we have a company called Branded Canopies that you can look us up on Instagram, and we do custom canopies, so we do that also. And he um, he was part of the he's big part of the promoters for um, uh, Paula National, mm. and he's a big part of um, going to Loretta Lynn's and the. Um, uh, what is it called for Mammoth? The uh, oh, uh, Road, to Mammoth, Road to Mammoth. Road to Mammoth. He's a big part of that, and of course, it slowed way down over all this whole thing. But he was really involved in all that, and and uh, all of his friends are, are doing it. So he he loves being around that. So um, it's kind of different that my son got involved in racing in a in a different level. But yeah. uh, but truly was uh, he he had a big part in the. Um, in the Paula National and stuff, and was was working there, and he just he loves being around it. Oh, awesome! A lot of fun, yeah. What about your other great, kids? Great young man. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. He he's we good. have a good time. We yeah, good he's time. he's a hard he's worker. Yep. Um, well, my other daughters, well, they're just they just working. They raising their family, and my they're one all daughter, local. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They live in the neighborhood, and my one uh, daughter, she's a soccer mom, been soccer mom forever. Yeah. And what, what's funny about that is. We raised one of our granddaughters, and um, so I get into watching all the soccer. And I've watched the kids since they've been this big, you know, where they're running out of the bounds and this and that. And I've only watched the kids, and as they get bigger, they get a lot better, ball control and this and that. And I never sat and watched a real soccer game. And then with the... When the big soccer thing comes around here in Mexico and all that stuff, I flip it on. I go, man, I'm going to watch the pros. And I saw. I told my wife, said, Cindy, come in here. This is how the game is really played. <laughs> I mean, it was like very impressive. You know, yeah. I just was never a soccer fan. So I only was watching the kids yeah. through their whole lives of growing up. And then I watched, sat and I watched and, and I'm a fan of soccer now. That It's uh, pretty amazing. I'm the same. So both my kids play for club teams. Yeah. I, okay. So yeah. I played a little bit in like fourth or fifth grade, you know, right. uh, for my school or whatever. But that was my. That's where soccer stopped. Yeah, for that's me. where it stopped. Yeah, and, and, and so I'm doing the same exact thing. You oh, okay. I was watching them the bunch ball when they're real little, and, they're just, and then as they get better, and you think, oh, yeah, this team is really good. Yeah, they're passing then you go, it around a little bit. Then you go watch a pro game. Oh. Um, they, they, our club has some deal where we go watch a Galaxy game. Okay, and we saw the Sounders and the Galaxy play in the Home Depot Center down there in L.A. And it's like. Oh. Wow, that's incredible. That's yeah. what the game. That's how it's played. Well, it'd be yeah. like watching a mini and then going to Supercross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I right. mean? If there's someone never only watched minis and oh, that's motorcycle racing, and then all of a sudden went and watched Supercross yeah. and said, oh gosh, that's that's what motorcycle I've, racing is. I've kind of come to realize I I respect anything that, that people do at a professional yeah, at a very yeah, elite does level. It, right? It does yeah. It, yeah. It doesn't I, matter what it is. Yeah, because of you can appreciate that. that the work that you put in yeah. and the work that they put into it doesn't matter what their sport is. You, it, once you you've been at that in. level, you can appreciate what they do, you know, yeah. and, and, and it, and it is, it's, it's, it's nice. Um, were you, uh, were you, you were not at Klamath when Marty got in his accident, were you? No, okay. I, I, um, we, we did our, our, yeah, we, we've been Glamis for all those years for forever. And, uh, no, um, 
I haven't been been really going. I I had I've had sand cars throughout the years, and then we hook back up and go. And I had just sold it, and I just go off roading out at my house out at the river mm. and uh, court site. We're right in Arizona, right on the Colorado River. So we got jet boats and skis in the in the in the summer, nice. and then off roading the razors in the in the winter. Yeah. So everything's out there now. Was that how was that news for you? I mean, uh, you're lifelong the, buddies. Yeah, with them. Uh, it's still still just devastating you know it's just still hard to believe but i'm going to be talking at their at um at uh at their their celebration of celebration life, of yeah. life and uh so the kids asked me to speak and and uh we'll 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 do that here it'll be tough huh yeah it'll be tough no doubt but um when they asked it when it first happened i said man i don't know if i'll be able to get through anything like that at this point but now that that's been a year. I when when they had a date of the celebration of life, I I they they asked again, and I said, no, I I would be honored to. I said, I I know I can get through it now. I go, but man, right two weeks later, it was brutal. And then yeah. when Todd did his uh, his um, little documentary about Marty, when we were all on there with um, with Bailey and and Jeff was on there, and and everybody, it was uh, that was that was tough. Yeah. Get through, yeah. Um, if you could race, I guess you kind of answered this earlier, but if you could race in any era, I'll ask this for both of you guys. What what era would it be? Would you stay where you were? You kind of already answered that. Yeah, like I said, uh, in the seventies was truly the golden era of motocross. You know, with the with the Europeans, what it you know just just what a feeling is when you won a moto. It yeah. was like it was big. You know, I mean the 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 fans and everybody you know around the pits it was um i mean winning any moto nowadays is is huge but it just seemed like it was so big that yeah i you you really want to do it again yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah well you were you were changing the tides globally you know? yeah it yeah was exactly a, it, it was, was a bigger feel to it, it. oh yeah it yeah. was it was incredible time you know and uh yeah, so uh, I I, uh, I would I was probably stay in my era too, you know, during the early eighties and yeah. you know, to me that was uh, a special time with the uh, the people, the spectators, you know. when I won Anaheim the first race of the season, the spect uh, the seats were full at seventy thousand two fifty. Yeah. Or now what is it, forty or forty three thousand? Yeah, they took out a third of the because seats. Of the, because of the waterfalls and stuff, so and back when Bruce Jenner was uh, Bruce Jenner, and he come, you know, interviewed you know, me on the that, on the floor and funny. stuff. I mean, it was just good times, just really good times. And and uh, those works bikes, those works Hondas, then they were, were tricked. They were yeah. they were they, tricked. They right? were and the bikes he got to ride were were, were good. Too. Yeah, they were they were the bikes back then. And I think we had a like people would say you know, an unfair advantage mm. over the rest of the guys. And sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry yeah. You they get, said you that get the about ride, us too yeah. you know and and it's like you know it's like well, yeah all right <laughs> i'll take that that's funny you know that's a what was the first year they went water cooled were were they in no a, i never rode were, right? i didn't ride any water cooled i rode the first water oh. cooler in 1980 at carlsbad <laughs> at the at the gp that was a support then support class 250 support class and that's when uh, Chuck's son, my teammate, won the international class. And I won on the water cooler 
uh, the support class. Mm -hmm. 1980 or 81? Mm -hmm. 80. 80 or 81? You know, I, I do take that back. You know, um, how about Hannah in 76 when on that Yamaha that had that little radiator up under the under the front number plate. Yeah, with that beat Marty that year in 76. Remember when Marty all, was going all back the to weight, your, All the weight up, yeah. up high. Yeah. Was that the one, though, that he had to stop racing? I remember there were some issues, like they didn't want him to get claimed, so they would. Yeah. They were sending him. Laporte was telling us that story where he had a water-cooled bike, and then they ended up going, no, we don't want you to race that because we Is can't have it get claimed. You know, that's funny about the claim thing because um, – they always were trying to claim our bikes, you know, and and so our team manager had, I don't know how how many he had like a check as many checks because they could one person could claim the bike, and then and then then you come in with all these other claims. So each mechanic, everybody yeah. would would everybody put would it back. Yeah, to, yeah, so you got one shot in ten or fifteen, you know, fifteen, you know. So they just buy it back. Well, you could still win. It was a it was a draw, but I mean your chances, yeah. you know, go way down. You know, I mean, you know, because yeah. so so Honda, he always had a big stack of checks that okay, someone wants to claim our bikes, and you give a check to each mechanic, they'd all go down there, and you know, and put yeah. put their claim in on the bike, and uh, we never lost one. I heard. I, th I thought. Oh, you I know what? It was. I think it did was lose one. one. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, yeah, they did lose one. But you know what? I mean, it's kind of stupid because you got no parts. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to no, do? No, it, it just, it, <laughs> you're going to pay all that money yeah. just to say you have it. Yeah, but, you know, you, there's no parts. They're not going to sell you yeah. new parts yeah, for it. Roy yeah, Roy used to go, Roy said, man, he goes, he goes, there's not one piece that will interchange to a production bike. Wow. No. Not one no. piece. Never thought about that. It, yeah, it was, not, it not was even a, one piece. It was nothing close to a production. Yeah. And it was all titanium bolts. Every nut and bolt was all titanium. I mean. Different sizes. They, Those bikes, I, I, they were like 40 grand back then, which is. That's like 100. Oh, oh, yeah. 180 yeah, now yeah, or something. They were, yeah. No I wonder who it. has that. Because there was yeah. one or two bikes I, that I, were claimed. I'm pissed. I never got one. That's right. You know, Can you imagine if you have that in your garage? Oh right now? man! Let no, me tell but you. everyone. Every, I say everyone, but you know the Wardies or or the, um, you know it's a lot of the former uh, factory riders have their old bikes. Yeah, uh, yeah. McGrath. Right. You know, yeah. I, I I didn't. But get did one. they I didn't do even, that? I didn't even think to ask for it. No, they asked. They when I was done, they said. They want my practice bike. But my practice bike was a works bike, so I had to go take my yeah, so did practice I. bike back to Honda. We would practice on the year before bikes. Yeah. We'd well, yeah. get the new bikes. We'd get our, our old race bikes to practice on. Mm -hmm. And and then they would destroy everything else that was left over. They would smash it up. It just like, oh, you're, you're busting all that up? Mm -hmm. But they would destroy all those bikes back then. Just didn't want to get out. No, right, yeah, exactly. they didn't want no technology out, man, and so they would actually just take sledgehammers to the barrels, ah. cases. It. Oh, yeah, it's sacrilegious. Just, oh, it was, it was, yeah, it was just like it was just heart wrenching, you know, especially from where yeah. I come from. My God, are you kidding me? I remember seeing videos of Ricky at his place when he rode for Honda. At the end of the season, they had like this big party, and he threw up, dug a little pit with his dozer. They threw all the works parts in and just mowed back and forth through just, it with the just bulldozer. Smashed really? them all up. Just smashed it all up, man. I mean, how much money over all the years of that it was just, yeah. I mean, I know it's it's a write-off, and, and a lot of people don't realize, and I, I didn't either, that the racing budget is off of the advertising. 
Oh, is that right? Yeah, that's what because that, that's what someone told me. They said no, because we're advertising, marketing, and advertising. Yeah, marketing yeah. and advertising. They go, this is all off of the uh, off of advertising, mm. marketing. Like you said, sure, absolutely. Yeah, I wonder that's if what um, it is. If I know Honda has like Bailey's old five hundred. I think they've got a few of those work spikes down no, there. there. That's there's probably a few. There's still there's a few some minor out there still. Is that right? Europe has Europe has uh, some one, people got their hands on them. Or somebody here because you go to a, a museum or I don't I don't know different functions. Marty Smith's number Honda uh, seventy seven bike is around. I seen it all restored. Oh really? Yeah, I don't even know how the guy got his hands on it, but. The stuff definitely is looser in Europe. They'll, they are still full works bikes. They're yeah buying and building over there. Yeah, I, I, I like I said, I, I love that stuff and I keep yeah. up with it a bit. So what's next? Anything? Uh, what's the, what's the future hold? When your when your wife retires, will you guys probably spend more time at the river? And yeah, we were we were already house shopping at Havasu and we like it out that way. Yeah, but um, I'll keep racing and and picking um races to race in the vintage class and like i said i won the mint 400 last year we're getting our car all ready for this year and we got uh cb performance as our, our motor builder and we got prp seats and method wheels and 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 um uh so kc lights and and we have a lot of uh, great sponsors and uh and uh, pyrotech gives me all my helmets and and all my driving suits and everything and so um and and the car is just beautiful that norm norm builds and uh it it's a lot of fun to drive your wife's okay with that like yeah one yeah. a year or so she's yeah something yeah, the desert she, yeah she just kind of yeah i have to always catch her on a good good day <laughs> <laughs> she yeah she goes we're doing this again i said yeah all right i'll do the dishes tonight. yeah 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 i'll get it i'll tune everything up <laughs> well that's amazing man i, I love that you're still out there getting, you know, getting your competitive juices going. Yeah, and, I, I still love it. Um, I sure appreciate you taking the time. We we have kind of one question that we always ask all our guests, and that's how do you want to be remembered in this sport? Um, well, you know, um, when I was getting honored down there at the San Diego Stadium and Brock was uh, doing my speech and, and introducing me and uh, – it, it, he, he said it pretty good, you know, being a good, clean rider and, um, hopefully was a, was a good person to pass on the, the sport, you know, and, and, um, you know, make other people want to do it, you know, and, and was always friendly with the, with the spectators and stuck around and, and did the autographs for them and, and, uh, still to this day give back and, uh, try to try to give back to the sport you know in in which in whatever way that is asked um was just called up and they're doing a, a vintage thing here in Glen helen and uh for um uh for the hurt riders mm. uh, you know and uh so I, i'm gonna go do that and uh you know just just try, try to just be one of the good guys you yeah. know Tom, yeah. tommy is one of the best guys <laughs> out there in, in in our sport um for the, Thank you, Donnie. For the time that we've known each other and been friends, he's he's solid he's, guy. He's, yeah, he's a yeah. great guy. Solid. Well, that's what I hear. You know, I mean, uh, thank you, guys. Your career was kind of before I got into the sport too right. much, but uh, it's been fun to kind of research it a little bit and then 
get to know you, you know? Yeah, same to you. And Thank I wanna, you, guys. I want to call you the Tomahawk. I know yeah, he's going yeah. with Kimosabi, but I love that no, nickname. No, no, no. He's only one. <laughs> you can't change my nickname after all these years. <laughs> Uh, well hey thank you so much for coming on it's an absolute pleasure oh right Um, back at you great to meet you and and get to know you a little bit here on here so um we're looking forward to seeing you at some events we'll cross paths again i love it and thank you for coming on i appreciate it let's get you on here this fall and tell your story let's do it dave okay all right stay tuned guys we'll be right back to wrap up the show Welcome back to the Whiskey Throttle Show. This is our sponsor spotlight segment. And we've got Jason Abbott here, brand ambassador for Senna, Bluetooth and wireless, mesh wireless systems. Jason, welcome. Yeah, Good to you. have you thank on, you. man. Yeah, I'm uh, happy to be here. I've been a listener for a long time, so it's uh, it's actually cool to be on this side of it. Yeah, a little different on this side of the desk, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. A little, little brighter lights. Um, I, I'm stoked to talk to you today. This is These guys came on this year, and uh, I, I absolutely love these products. Before... I even really knew what they were. I had one in my street bike helmet. Mm-hmm. And um, so I have been blown away with that thing. I can take calls on it while I'm riding, and people have no idea. They're like, oh, where you at? I'm like, I'm cruising down the freeway right now at like 90. Yep. Really? You sound clear. I'm like, I know it's wild, and then I'll listen to music, and just, I love it. So uh, when we started talking with them, I said, man, I'm, I'm sold on it for the application I've been using. What else can we do with this thing? And um, we started talking about just, first of all, the fun factor. You know, Troy's got him in some mountain bike helmets, and we did a ride where we're just laughing and giggling. You know, Troy's ridiculous laugh <laughs> while we're riding, you know. And it made it so much more fun. Yeah. And I thought, I, I haven't done this yet, but like a dual sport ride with a handful of guys or a, a trail ride, what just it's a whole other level of fun because you, you can be talking crap. You can be giving them good, hey, man, heads up, there's a drop. Or, you know, it's just there's so many – uh, practical applications for it. Yeah, the the fun factor, the safety factor. I think those are two of the the big the big pieces to the puzzle with with this unit. Um, you know, Senna. I've been using the, the product for a long time with the street bike stuff, just like you. You know, taking calls and and doing all that. Once we move into dirt, you know, it it are uh, it's been you know really really fun. Um, you know, being able to talk to all of our friends while we're on the trail because road is very consistent, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, other than the safety part of the road, you know, and the more more fun on the road, the off-road part, I think, is even better. Um, you know, you can wrap with your buddies and, and, you know, the hazard part of things where you're like, hey, there's a huge boulder on the inside of this next right-hander or, or hey, there's a huge hole in the ground or, oh, mm-hmm. there's a there's a burnt-up car on the side of the road or whatever. Um, you can let those guys know behind you. And it just makes the ride uh, safer, but then also um, it's a lot more seamless. You don't have to stop every so yeah. often and go, oh, hey, what do you think? We're going to go this way. We're going to go that way. It's a continuous ride, and it, yeah. it just makes it, again, more fun. Well, and if you've ever been on a trail ride and you're the guy in the back, like I don't know about you, I'm always worried about, man, I hope I don't crash or break down and these guys just disappear, right. you know. Um, you could you could very easily just go, oh, hey, guys, I got a problem. Hold up. Yep. you know, Or, hey, we need to pull over here. I got to do something. So there. There's so many applications for it. The safety side of it is a no-brainer to me. Whether you're a dad watching your kid ride on the track, whether you are, a, to me, even in, in racing, if you're a, a, a dad or a team manager or a mechanic watching, there's so many times I've seen where, man, if, if they could communicate with him, you could have prevented this. Exactly, uh, exactly. And that's that's what I've been using with my son. Is and, and the safety part is huge on the track. And so that's what 
I'm really kind of trying to to show is the safety part on the track, the dual sport, but the track part is is huge because if there's a kid laying on the downside of a jump or say, you know, there's something, there's something that happened, you can let them know. So I've been working with my son a bunch. Um, he's only 10. Um, we're racing 65 class for the motor for kids racing. Um, we've been doing a bunch of that and, and we've been using the units for a while and it's been, it's been a lot of fun talking to him, at, uh, you know, while he's on the bike uh -huh. and you can kind of ask him, Hey, what's going on? How do you feel? Um, yeah. And, Increase fun, but then also the safety part too. Yeah. You know, just always because, yeah, you see somebody crash, and you're like, oh my gosh, he doesn't know they're they're you know down. Yeah. So yeah, it's been it's been big. And you know, they talk about in in racing circles. Well, we we can't do this. It's going to be a distraction to the rider. I don't. It doesn't distract me. No. Um, I've never had an instance where I'm like, oh, they said something, and I make a mistake. It's like, I'm focused what I'm doing. Sometimes I'll hear the noise, and I'll be like, wait, what was that? You know, but. Right it never distracts me where it's going to cause a mistake or something. I, I think that's bullshit. Yeah. The, the distraction part, uh, I don't really get that either. Um, but I, I do, I do believe that the other parts are outweigh, uh, what any distraction could be by yeah. using it for sure. Absolutely. And if you're, if you're a coach, um, so we, we just ordered a headset. I was telling you earlier, um, it's just a headset kind of like what you see here that can can communicate with the system. It's a 50S in my helmet. Mm -hmm. And we're going to use it, start using it at Vital MX when we're shooting um, bike tests. Because what, what ends up happening is Brad, my video guy, he'll, he'll be, want me to hit a turn. Hey, hit this two more times, but go, go inside the first time, outside the second time. But he's got to like flag me down. I got to mm -hmm. ride over. What, what is it? Oh, okay. Where I said, man, what are we doing? <laughs> Let's work smarter here. You hit a button, go, hey, give me that two more times, once inside, once outside. Yep. Boom, we're done. So it's going to make it so much, uh, just a, a seamless, easy uh, transition for us to do that with and Vital. That's what we're doing with, with my son is I have the headset. Uh, we're on a Mesh 2.0 system. Um, so basically, you just hit the button and you're connected live the whole time. You don't have to, you know, walkie-talkie right. thing. Um, so, so having the headset while I'm working with my son, he has a 50R on his helmet, and then I have a headset. But when we ride, um, we'll have both have 50Rs. That's kind of my favorite right now hmm. is just because of how how small it is and compact and then it has all the all the new features yeah. hd speakers and all that you know it's not heavy right no, you don't no. feel that i think some people are worried about the weight of it or something you don't feel it or notice it no. tell me about uh some of the other applications obviously there's dual sport adventure riding mm -hmm. where else could people use this where they they don't know they need it yeah i mean dual sport adventure um you know, snowmobiling there's, there's oh yeah snowmobiling you could definitely use it um but but even you know bicycles um mountain biking road biking um you know there's snowboard helmet uh mm. helmets with, with uh, the speakers from them with the snowboard helmets um skate you know so there is a pretty much any application you can think of um they're they're having products um you know for that which is which is really neat. I Anything mean, with a helmet, right? I yeah, guess. Yeah, I mean, because that because they actually have their own street bike helmet. You know, I went into the office the other day, and I mean, literally, they had every kind of helmet, and it was already you know Stuff integrated in, into yeah. it. You know, Showy has a big thing with them. You know, as well, where they come you know from the from the factory stock with them. So yeah, it's a bit. It's uh, I think it's great. You know, as far as the technology, bringing technology and bringing. Um, you know, like I said, the safety and the communication and all that into what we've already always been. It's always been an individual kind of thing in your own in your own little bubble. But now 
everybody gets to kind of ride together, you know, you can just, you know, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a real departure from anything you've ever done because like you said, your whole life, once you pull that helmet on, you're alone Mm -hmm. and which is nice. And sometimes you still may want to go have that ride with no distractions, but to be able to just connect and talk and chat with your buddies, it's super fun. And it's, it's like I said, it's that fun. You didn't know you needed, but like it really it really boosts it up. Exactly. Tell me a little bit about the different products. So there's there's a a Bluetooth connectivity, which is just two devices, right? Mm-hmm. There's also a mesh network, so you can connect multiple devices. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's two generations of that. Yeah. So so basically, there's a lot of different products that Santa has. Um, you know, from the 10, uh, the 20s, the 30k, the 50r, 50s. Um, there's a lot of different um, levels of product that they have, um, but then also the connectivity, um, you originally it was just Bluetooth, mm-hmm. right? And so basically, um, if you were going to ride, say, with one other person, it was it was very basic to connect just to one other person. So with the Bluetooth, if you ride with, you know, say, three, four, or five people, it becomes a this connective chain, right? And, and that might take a little time. But with the new Mesh, um, it's actually Mesh, mesh 2.0 now, you, ba- you hit the button, and everybody's on the same channel or same live channel. So whether you're on channel one or two or three, I think it goes up to nine, you can be on your own individual channel. It's all live and it's literally one push of the button and everybody's together. So what they've done with the Mesh 2.0, just make it simpler to connect everybody and it and it just makes it more fun, yeah. you know, cause you're not messing around trying to connect everybody with Bluetooth. Um, the Bluetooth actually, the the, um, the communication through that is is still very, very good, but um, the mesh 2.0 is, I think the future for me. Next level. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what are the limitations to it? Obviously you can't be miles and miles away, but, um, sort of what are the limitations for how this thing will work? Yeah. So, so if you are in the chain, so basically I think it's up to like a mile, you can be, um, connected to somebody. Right. But if that next person has somebody behind them and then they have somebody behind them, you technically could have a long range Mm. of, of, uh, connectivity. Um, so basically, you know, it just all makes makes uh, it makes it sen- makes sense basically because you go unless you go behind, say, a big mountain, right? Um, it's all gonna, they're all going to stay in line. And then if you do go behind a big mountain, when you have the clear path again, it reconnects. Okay. So the so the mesh 2.0 is is you know like I said, it's a game changer for this for this whole setup, and I I really really like it. Yeah, and for a motocross track. Maybe there's a hill, but like it's probably nothing big enough that's going to block no. transmission, huh? No, no. We were uh, we just went out to uh, Paris Raceway for Tuesday mini night with my son, um, and you know we were using around the track and you know working on corners. Like um, he's out there on the other side of the track. I'm like, hey, go on the inside of this one and just stay on the gas and try and huck over this next table. So what does he do? He does it. Bam. And before then, he was just kind of floating around, but. Mm. That being able to talk to them right then and there and and actually say, hey, this thing that you're doing right now, try this. Man, it, we've seen a big, big acceleration in kind of the lear- learning curve. Um, you know, again, my son's only 10. But in the in the time that we've used this, this system, it's definitely made a difference in, in kind of his skill and how he attacks the track. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it's a no-brainer. I mean, f- even for the rider to be able to, if they have to ride back to you, get the feedback you're trying to explain where it is on the track and what they're doing then they got to go all the way back over there to do it there's a you're going to lose yeah you're going to lose something where if you can just say it hey that turn right there yeah. do do this like you did it's like 
they just do it. Yeah. 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 So huge, um, huge advantage. What, why do you think in your opinion in racing, why have they not made this legal? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, maybe, maybe they're thinking like the guy's going to be like, Oh, the guy's going to go on the inside of you, cut him off. But honestly, I think that racers are so forward focused that, that if somebody's going to try and tell them what to do while they're on the track racing it, it you, you it's, can't it, communicate that quickly. No, no, yeah. no. So, so I, I really would like to see it. I think it would be for the safety of the riders. I think it would be a huge deal. Um, you know, say somebody did go down on the backside, right? Mm-hmm. The officials could come in and, and be online, online with everybody. Be like, hey, rider down, rider down at this corner. Yeah, then you don't have any uh, added incidences to well, that. We're always talking about how do we how do we improve this red flag situation or red cross flag situation when when there's a bad crash right. or it's in a blind spot. Here's your answer. It's pretty obvious. Yeah, that's it's the answer. You know, in my opinion, and you know, it's lightweight. Like you said, we don't feel it. You don't even know that it's there. But when the communication comes across, it out outweighs anything else. Yeah, I absolutely. mean, that, it's a huge importance. And, you know, the, the, other, the other argument is that, well, privateers can't afford it, so we need it to be fair. We don't want this to be an additional perk for the only factory riders have. What's your, what's your thought there? I mean, for what you're getting, the price that you're paying is, is, uh, is not that bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? What is, what is an entry-level unit for this cost? So, so like, let's say you're doing two units or, or a guy wanted one on his helmet and a headset. So that cost a guy. So say like you do the 50R, um, it, there's they sell two packs. Um, I think those are going for what is it around 500, and then you have the other headset that we we're talking about, um, and then that one I think those start at like 200 bucks. Hmm. So you know what I mean, and and you can get them online in different places, and different places you know might have you know better pricing, um, but you know it is a little bit of an investment, but I think that. You know, if you're u- using it for training, um, you are going to see the benefits. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're using it, say, for what you are for photo shoots and video shoots and stuff like that, oh, of course. You know, there's so many benefits um, to the system and, and using it in uh, racing and training, motocross, adventure, you know, everything, dual sport, everything that, that you know, once you go and you buy it and you use it the first time, it kind of. The, yeah, that that cost factor goes <laughs> yeah, out the door. You're like worth every penny right it, away. It yeah. just changes it because I I've been on the other side of it to where we used it for the first time in a street bike ride and we rode together for years, right? And it was always hand gestures, whatever, just like you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And the first time we were all all of us were online, we we're looking at like, are you kidding me? Like we're gonna be able to talk to each other, yeah. you know? And it completely changed the the on road experience. Now that we're using them off-road, man, I wish I would have done the off-road stuff sooner. Yeah. I just didn't, right? You don't, you don't think, oh, I'm going to put one of these on my dirt bike helmet because not, not, nobody really does it. Yeah. Right? It's usually a street bike or adventure. Yeah. But, man, the dirt bike side of it, I think, is even, even cooler. I think, I think it's more fun. Yeah. Because there's more to talk about. There's yeah. more to, like... Yeah, you're, you're not, not stuck more to on the straightaway. Yeah. Like, you're literally, oh, I'm going to get you. You yeah. know, you're going like this. And then, here, let's do this over the jump. You know, like, I don't know. It, off-road, it's just way more fun. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, so where can people go here? What's the website's Senna.com? Yeah, so go to Senna's website. Um, 
and basically you can kind of check out their whole their whole line of stuff they have a youtube channel with with a bunch of different videos um of of different people in different situations using the helmets uh or the units in their helmets and then their actual helmets as well um you know so I, you kind of you can kind of get a good grasp for what you're looking for i mean it, if you want a very simple unit you get a 10 if you want like all the all the you know, bells and whistles you go for like you know the newer ones so yeah. it's uh yeah you can you know another uh really good application and langston was telling me about this because he sells a lot of side-by-sides mm. if you're out in a side-by-side with your family yeah how easy do you think it is to scream at each other and talk oh it's a pain you i mean it's almost impossible yeah it's too yeah. loud you got everybody's got helmets on you can't really turn around and get to them this allows everybody in the family to just yeah. talk and you and it's just conversational volume it's like this you're just talking like normal and you you know the driver doesn't have to turn around yeah right you're not like in this awkward deal because you can't turn around when you have harnesses on yeah right so you're you have the mirrors and then you have the talking by everybody else and if somebody hey i need to go to the bathroom or hey let's go get some food or hey let's climb that hill yeah again you know the the side-by-side -side thing is something we haven't touched on yet but Again, that's just that's as cool. That's a huge segment. Yeah. I mean, there's so many people buying those, kind of whether they get over motocross or they're too old for it or they right. just don't want to take the chance of getting hurt. That's the next step. Yeah. They're selling those things like crazy. And it's like, man, just consider how much more fun it would be as a family if you can all just talk. Yeah. It, uh, it makes it better because you're not wondering, oh, man, I wonder, wonder if they're having fun or wonder if they're okay. Like. Yeah, you know, or if you're the kid in the back and you got to pee, right? <laughs> you can't even reach forward and tap down on the shoulder. Exactly, your arms are long enough. Anyway, um, so yeah, go to go to Senna's website. There's actually some really good stuff in there with Brian and his son Hayden showing them actually how they use it, and Brian talking about what an advantage it's been. Um, yeah, that was that was a fun day. They they genuinely, um, you know, had fun and enjoyed using the product out there at Blackmore. Um, you know, and and it was uh, it was cool to watch them experience for the first time as well right mm. just like i just like we did it was uh it was like this aha moment yeah right you're going oh okay this is this is what we're going to be doing yeah. and you know this is how we're going to get better so yeah i and i don't do a ton of coaching anymore but um the next time that i do whether it's with an individual or whatever this is it i'm just going to ride behind them and i can coach while we're riding yeah in real time i yep. mean the 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 steps we can take in, in such a shorter amount of time are going to be crazy. So I'm very excited about it. Um, and again, Senna's sort of the, the leader in this industry. And, uh, and I, I'm excited that uh, you guys are part of the show. So thank you. Thanks yeah. for coming on. No, definitely. They, uh, they're uh, looking to support, you know, all the, all the people that are trying to, to move this industry forward and trying to do things in the industry to, to you know, to bring more people in because that's what yeah. it's all about. We want we, we want to do this. We do it for fun, but we're also we want more people in it. Yeah, and and what are we? What are the biggest things we want to promote? Safety and fun. And and this those are adds the two, to both. Those are the two number yeah. one things with the it's, unit. It's a no brainer. This thing is uh, is an absolute home run. So get on their website. Find out what works best for you. Uh, if you're not sure, shoot me a message uh, through the channel, uh, through the show, or on our Instagram page at Whiskey Throttle Show. I'll get you directed to the right kind of the right product that you're looking for. Uh, we've done that with a few people already. Because there, you get on there, there are a lot of products, and you might get a little lost, like, I'm not sure which one I want, what what does what. So uh, we've helped a few people tell me what your application is, what are you going to be using it for, and we'll steer you in the right direction. So um, thank you so much for coming on. I sure appreciate yep. it. Thanks Stoked to have on. you guys on board, and, and uh, we'll have you on again. Oh, for we'll sure. We'll talk about some new products. Maybe we'll show installing it in a helmet or something like that just yeah. to, uh, you know, kind of, 
show people how easy it is. Um, super, super simple. Uh, pops right into any helmet. Um, do they have one now for a, a cross-country mountain bike helmet? I know at the time it had to be sort of full face. Uh, they have they have a couple different units. Um, but as far as a, a full cross-country, I'm not sure. But, I mean, yeah. you could just slide it into to any helmet. You sure. know what I mean? Any unit will go into any helmet. Yeah. That's that's the, the great part about it. Yeah, very, very versatile. All right. Well, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Yep. Senna Systems, check them out. And um, you won't be disappointed if you buy one of the things. I promise you'll have uh, – it'll improve your experience on a motorcycle no matter what you're doing. So check them out. Thanks. We'll be right back to wrap up the show. I want to be bad with you, girl, like we're Well, that was our guest, Tommy Croft. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, the Tomahawk is certainly one of the uh, the pioneers of this sport, and I, I really enjoy hearing from them, those guys who, who really laid the foundation for American motocross uh, in the 70s, uh, and he was definitely one of the guys. So fun to hear his story. Probably a little bit lesser known than some of the other riders of that era, but uh, he's this guy won nationals and came real close to titles, and uh, super impressive. Great, great man. It was fun to meet him and hang out a little bit. Um, hey, don't forget to subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to the channel or if you're listening to it on podcasts, like it. Um, and follow us on Instagram uh, at Whiskey Throttle Show or also on TikTok, which we've got some really cool behind-the-scenes videos over there if you're into that. Uh, we appreciate it. Uh, I do want to thank our sponsors. They make this show possible. We honestly could not be here without these folks, and uh, we're so proud to be partnered with them, uh, starting with Yamaha, just an incredible organization. And their, their products go above and beyond when it comes to endurance, reliability, uh, and just quality and performance. So thank you to Yamaha. Get down to your local Yamaha dealer and look first at Blue to see what, uh, what they've got to offer you because they have everything. Uh, big thank you to PowerDot. This is one of our original sponsors, and uh, they've been solid. It's an incredible product if you're injured, trying to prevent injury. Uh, it also has a massage feature, so whether you have an injury or not, you can use this thing. And I promise you, I promise you, if you use it, you're not going to be disappointed. 20% off using our code Whiskey Throttle, no spaces, no capitals, and uh, it's it's worth every single penny. Go check them out, PowerDot.com. Method Racewheel is another big partner of ours that uh, we're just super excited to be uh, partnered with. The fastest, lightest wheels in off-road racing. Period. If you go through the record books and look at champions in Baja. Uh, Vegas to Reno, I mean, you name it, all of the big off-road events, they dominate. And um, they not only have that pedigree of performance, they also look rad. They make a bunch of colors, a bunch of designs and styles. And uh, we get you a 20% off discount code there, Whiskey Throttle again, 20% off a set of wheels. It's a pretty significant savings. TroyLeeDesigns.com. Get over there and check those guys out. Uh, I've been sold out to this brown for a long time and uh, for good reason. You know, I know personally that Troy not only designs some really cool stuff, I think he leads the industry in design, but I know that he takes safety, uh, particularly with their helmet, to at just uh, the highest level. Um, when he had his son, his son Max started racing, he committed himself to designing the safest helmet he could, and, and he succeeded. Uh, it's in the, the SE4, and there's uh, new versions coming. Incredible, incredible helmet. So check those guys out, TroyLeeDesigns.com. SKDA, if you're in the in the market for graphics, check these guys out. Uh, super cool, next-level design, just very outside the box. 
super sharp stuff. You can design something custom that they can help you with, or you can look at things they've already got uh, designed and put together. So whatever you're after, check those guys out. SKDA. Dunlop Tires. Uh, there's a reason these guys have won every championship for the last decade. They are the best tire, and they're also a brand that has never wavered in their support of motocross racing, supercross racing. Uh, they don't back out when times get hard. They have stuck with this sport through thick and thin, and um, I appreciate that. I hope that you do too, and when you're looking for a tire, I hope you go out and buy not only the best performing brand, but also support a brand that actually supports this sport full-time. We appreciate their support here. Pro Circuit Racing, if you're looking for anything from suspension to exhaust systems, to motor work, hard parts, look at Pro Circuit first. These guys prove their work on the racetrack. They've got more championships than any other 250 team by a long ways. And uh, that is through just hard work and design and, and their passion for making better products. Nihilo Concepts, uh, again, if you're looking for something to improve the performance and look of your motorcycle, Nihilo Concepts has something for you. From the secondary on switch, which is a must for any off-road riders, to carbon fiber skid plates, titanium foot pegs that are all billet. Uh, they've got carbon fiber guards for your, your brake and clutch. Uh, all kinds of frame tape, lever grip, all kinds of things these guys make. Really cool stuff. Go check them out. Uh, Santa Systems, listen, we, we can't tell you enough how big of a performance advantage this is. If you're coaching somebody, if you're working with someone, trying to help them improve, from a safety perspective, this is a no-brainer. Uh, if you have kids out riding, you ought to have one of these on their helmets and be able to speak to them in real time so that if something goes on on that track, you can call their attention to it and potentially prevent them from getting injured. Um, it's, it's, it's twofold. It's safety and it's fun. And I promise you both are just as important. So check out Santa.com and look at all their product line, rad stuff. We are stoked to have them on board. Uh, also want to thank Seat Concepts. If you are not sure about whether or not a seat can make a difference, just try one of these seats. Uh, if you're, especially if you're off-road adventure rider, I can't even explain to you how much more comfortable their seats are than what comes standard on a motorcycle. It's, it's completely game-changing. They make snowmobile seats. They have waterproof, weatherproof seats, so if you ride in a lot of wet weather, it's a no-brainer to have one of these. They don't break down. It's not going to grow mold inside of your seat. Uh, they do fully customizable seat cut, uh, foams that are based on your size, your weight, your riding ability, what you're after. Uh, very, very cool stuff. Seatconcepts.com. Check them out. ProX. These guys make products to replace anything that wears out on your bike. So top-end, bottom-end, cables, sprockets, chains, pads, rotors. They make things at OEM standard or better for much better prices. And uh, used by teams like Pro Circuit, they uh, are super reliable. That's why those teams that win championships rely on them. Stasic. Uh, I'm so stoked on what these guys are doing for uh, our sport. Uh, it's, it's such a huge service to get kids at a very young age comfortable on a motorcycle. It's going to teach them technique that will keep them from getting hurt down the road. It's going to keep these kids interested in riding motorcycles long-term, whether that's recreationally or at a competitive level. Uh, these are amazing tools, and your kid will have so much fun. He's not going to want to get off this thing. Go check their products out. Motul USA, uh, we, we lean hard on these lubricants to keep us uh, on the track and on the trail. And Motul has proven their quality over and over, uh, most recently with their Dakar win with Ricky Brabeck. 
Uh, they're sponsoring Supercross teams. They're diving into our sport again full full throttle, and uh, we're stoked to have them on board. Amazing products, top to bottom. Motul USA. Go check them out. OGO Power Sports. Look, you got to put your crap in a bag. It might as well be the best bag. There is, is not a better gear bag, boot bag, helmet bag, hydration pack. You name it. These guys make something to hold everything, and uh, the standards that they're built to are just unrivaled. Uh, and they've also got some pretty cool designs. If you're into the Taco Tuesday bag, the donut bag, uh, which is a little nod to Jet Lawrence, they've got it. Check them out. And finally, last but not least, specialized bicycles. If you are in the market to start pedaling, this is where you want to start. Uh, they've got great entry-level bikes all the way up to the Cadillac, the new Levo um, e-bike. Uh, any, anything in between, man. It doesn't matter what kind of riding you're doing. Go check out and start with Specialized. Don't waste your time on something that's going to break. The derailleur's not going to shift after a couple months. Get something quality. Uh, these guys make it. Specialized leads that industry. And that's our show. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for watching the Whiskey Throttle Show. Don't forget to like and subscribe and click the bell to get alerts for all the latest content. Follow us on Twitter at W underscore throttle underscore show. And on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram at Whiskey Throttle Show. He won't stop for you. The job is done.